Brooke Brooke Heineken, Fervor Fervor, and Trina Roderick. Asiento. This locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out. Featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu, this is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food. Join us at Asiento. Whoa there. What a tomato! Where did you find such a nice tomato? What a tomato? I know, I just said that. Where'd you get that fine heirloom? What a tomato. Look, man, this isn't a come on. Just tell me where you got that beautiful tomato. What a tomato. No, no, seriously. I actually want to eat a tomato. I love tomatoes. Where did you get that tomato? What a tomato. Dude, it's a fine, beautiful tomato. I want to eat one, too. I want one right now. I like to eat them like an apple with salt. Tell me, where'd you get the tomato? What a tomato. Are you high? Just tell me where I can find a tomato like that. What a tomato. Is this a metaphor? What a tomato produce company in San Francisco. For all your wholesale produce needs... 2055 Jared Avenue. When you hear the trippy music, you know that it's two o'clock on a Wednesday, and it's time for some call me Tim. I have a special guest. All the way from England, merry old England. This is actually a pre-recorded Some Call Me Tim that we'll be playing on Wednesday the 22nd. Today is actually the 16th, the day before St. Patrick's Day show, which this next comedian will be on, and uh, you'll already be able to hear that amazing podcast. I can already tell he's a hilarious individual. <laughs> All the way from England, everybody, Jack Wheeler. Welcome. Hi. Hey. Thank you. Yeah. All the way from England. Yes. London. Flew in yesterday. Wow. That's a long trip. It's a long trip. We're just getting over the jet lag. Okay. We're, we're, we're just about on San Francisco time now. What brought you? Uh, what brought you here? Um, we we came here in 2009 for our 25th anniversary. That's so sweet. And we thought we'd we'd always been promising ourselves to come back. And a friend of mine, Vanessa, is doing your open mic tomorrow night, and she, right, she was right, doing right. that. So I so we decided we'd we'd come. I've been this is yeah, so we've been to San Francisco before. We did New York as well and this is the third time we've been to the United States. Oh rad. And uh, you like it here, because everyone right now here hates it. So that's so funny. Well it, that's that is funny. <laughs> we, we we came in, in May two thousand and one, mm. just after George W. Bush was inaugurated. We came in October two thousand and nine, shortly after Barack Obama, and then we came now, so shortly after Donald Trump and uh 
whether that says something about our views of those three presidents. You know, we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't come back for eight, for eight years the first two times. We may not come back for eight years after this time. I don't know yet. We'll see. Right on. Well, so this show, Some Call Me Tim, is actually, the, the name is based off of a Monty Python movie. Uh, there's a character in it, in Tim the Enchanter. There are some who call me Tim. <laughs> and the reason that I call that show this, this show that, is that it's about the search for the Holy Grail, which is this strange, mythic idea that doesn't exist but might exist and God exists but doesn't exist and what do you believe in and we all believe in things but do we and religion and all these kinds of things and especially in this crazy time here in the United States with um I don't know. Things are getting weird about religion, and I thought we were over that. <laughs> it seems like we're not. I think things are getting weird about religion everywhere these, these days. They're, they're getting weird now in, in England really? as well. They get things are getting getting stranger. Um, yeah, the, the 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 Church of England, which is the the established church in in England, why you have an established church, I don't know, have decided that um, Christians are being almost an oppressed minority. What? Um, the fact that they, the head of the state is a Christian and not quite as bad as here where you can't get to be elected without professing your Christianity but there's no senior politician who doesn't profess to be Christian our current Prime Minister is a vicar's daughter so that's so she's very keen on uh, on her, so her is, morals and ethics is there no we, I know we, we're supposed to have separation of church and state here is there no separation of church and state we in have England there's a there's an official church of the country there's the Church of England is, is the established church. We won't need to worry about the history, but it all goes back to Henry VIII. Okay. Who needs to divorce his wives, and that's why we've right, got Right, 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 right. Protestants, Protestants versus Catholics yes. and that whole thing. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, but no, the, one of the, that's one of the, the great things about Britain, England, is it has no constitution whatsoever. You make it up as you go along. Really? Nothing is written down. There's, there's well, very little is written down. So it's pretty much precedent, and if you can get away with it, then you do it, and, and that's what It's that's the what feeling goes. at the time, and it's the morality yes. at the time that... Like very much, very much. And we've, um, I mean, and like, I, I don't know how much you know about our politics at the moment, but we've just voted to leave the European Union, and there's a very much a, oh, a yeah. feeling abroad. I've, I feel in England at the moment very much a feeling of um, attitudes that I thought would die out and more acceptable again. So huh. racism be, seems to become more acceptable. Really? And the same year, same year. Everyone yeah. in here is like, yeah, racism, we're all... I'm like, what? I yeah. thought we got over that. Yeah, everybody. and it's, you, you, it's, I'm, I'm saying the unsayable, but, you know, but it's not unsayable. You say it all the time. No right. one's impressing you. Right. You're constantly saying it. Um, yeah, so that's... So uh, there's that. It's just generally, there's the, the, I feel that the, the whole atmosphere in the country is just becoming nastier. And it's not a... I mean, I... Um, I mean, we've got a conservative government. I, over the over the years since I first been able to vote, I've two things. I've never voted for a winning candidate in a general election. Really? Um, and I've never voted for the conservatives, but I voted for everybody else over time. You, you always bet on the dark horse. The, uh, the socialist. No, candidate. sometimes sometimes they've they've been they've been light horses and should have won, but they never have. <laughs> it's maybe on the kiss of death. And I've um, I was a member until recently of the Green Party. Oh, but okay. I I left there because. I had a conversation with the someone senior in the Green Party in the local area, and there was very much a sense there of um, she, you got the impression that she felt she was doing doing charity works for the poor in the area. It was just a sense of missionary work, right? Oh no, because there was, it's it's very middle class and very and very very right on and very and it's it's people who can afford to have a conscience. You still have a middle class. That's exciting. 
Uh, well, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's like here. Everyone thinks that they're middle class. Right. The rich think they're middle class. The poor think they're middle class. Everyone strives to be middle class. Um, you, our former prime minister, David Cameron, once described, described himself as being one of the sharp elbowed middle classes, and he's a man who was earning at the time in the one percent of salaries in the country. Wow. But he thought he was middle class. Everyone thinks they're middle class in England, apart from those people who really know they're not. Right. And the royal family. Everyone else thinks they're middle class, it seems to me. Um, it's all just perception. Very much, yeah. yeah. That's no, no one's, Everyone's striving to be middle class and, and no one's supposed to strive to be, to get beyond that. It seems that that's the, if, if you talk to people, and, and they do surveys, you ask people, what do you think the average salary is? And everyone thinks it's what their salary is. Wow. So if you say, so if your salary is $20,000, say, a year, sure. that's what you think the average salary is. If your salary is... A quarter, of a, billion, a quarter of a million dollars, that's what you think the average salary is. Sure. It's just it's That's a, a weird thing about humanity that we sort of like try to equate ourselves with people, but then we don't, we're also taught here that talking about money is like sacrilegious. You don't, especially in San Francisco, you don't ask people how much money they make. And I mean, if you live here, pretty much people must think you're rich. Or here, the only way to live here is to be super, super rich or super, super poor. Being in the middle is really tough. Well, we've... I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how long you've lived here. But we, when we came here eight years ago, um, and we've noticed in in London, there's a lot of there's a lot of homeless people about. And mm-hmm. it seems to me that there's more people in who are homeless in in London than there ever were previously. Um, and there seems to be more than there were when we were here eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things again. It's it's a sense of we our, our government, and I imagine that your government will do the same. Is will say that there's no money for things, but well, there is. It's. It's a choice. Right, right. Politics is always a choice. And it's what they choose to spend that money on. And our government chooses not to spend it on, on the homeless. Right. They're going to spend it on white elephant rail systems that don't help anybody. Uh, renewing our nuclear deterrent, which doesn't help anybody. Right, right, right. Um, so that's... And that, that sort of is where we get back to talking about belief. What I believe in... I've been... Today we walked from our hotel, we walked around, around Chinatown and down to the Pier 39, where it is down on the waterfront. Right, the Volf. And, yeah, yes. and we've been, um, in that time I've walked past three Catholic churches, which is the nearest I've been to a Catholic church in years. I was born and raised as a Roman Catholic. I stopped going to church when I was maybe 13, 14. Sure. And I think at the time I, I sort of thought that was a conscious decision because I didn't like the, what I perceived as the hypocrisy and whatever but looking back at it now to be perfectly honest I think that's post-rationalising it I don't think that was the case I think I was just bored with it I was just going to say exactly Catholicism is really boring and I resented the time it's hard it's like up and down and pray and it's in Latin sometimes and you're like what are we even doing why are we how are we communing with God in a language we don't even understand what is that that's it we had these big stone cold churches you had had, had priests who were in their 60s and 70s and and I think it was I, I think I just got bored with it and I was sure. into the time, even though it was only an hour, hour a day. I went to Catholic school, so that was, um, but that was because at the time my parents perceived that was going to be a better education than um, the more secular or other religious schools. Did but the nuns just, beat you up? Did you get beat up by nuns? Did they smack no, they, you with rulers? No, the, the priest did. They were, they were quite... Um, they were stern. They were very, yeah. I mean, we didn't. Obviously, I don't know about any form of other abuse, but they, yeah. But at the time, that corporal punishment was still on. Right, right, right. And I was, and and some of them had gone through quite. You found that afterwards quite dark experiences. We had one. So I'm talking in the early seventies here when I was sure. at secondary school, and we had one 
priest who taught us French, who was actually, we found later on, had actually been parachuted into France during the Second World War to fight with the French resistance. Wow. And then become a priest afterwards. And, and, he, and there was things he'd seen and done that he wasn't prepared to talk about. So these right. people had, had led dark sort of lives in, in a lot of cases. So you can see why maybe they were a bit screwed up, but that's no excuse for them to screw other people up as well. Um, so now I I struggle with how I describe myself because I I don't like to describe myself as atheist because I feel I'm defining myself by non-belief in something rather than belief in something. Right, right, right. Um, so I don't want to. So I, I I don't do that if I can possibly help it. The label I could use is humanist, but that again has mm. got overtones of I don't know. Um, Priggishness and being self-important, right, right. but I, but I have a, I, really, I, I like to think, I like to think the best of people, and I think that people are inherent, are inherently good, and that's what we should be, irrespective of what their upbringing. You don't need to be religious to be good, and vice versa. See, that's a question I always get to with people: is that uh, do you have to be religious to be moral? But oh, then. No. Definitely but you not. also, the question I usually ask people is, do you think people are inherently good or inherently bad? And you're going with inherently good. You think that people really do have the right, they're trying to look out for other people. I, they're trying to do the best they can. I think everybody generally, yeah, yes, as, as, a, as a whole, there are some people who are irredeemably bad, whether that's because of the way they were brought up. But fundamentally, I think that, that people want to be good. Okay. Um, and... And even people who do things that I don't agree with and and do things that I think are wrong, I think in a lot of cases they're, they're doing them for what they think are, are good reasons. That, right, may, that, yeah. that may be they may be reasons that I fundamentally disagree with, but by their own standards and their own lights, these are moral people. Right. Um, I was having a conversation with someone the other week, and I was describing me as a as a cynic, and I'm not a cynic because. Cynics don't expect anything of, of people. Oh. I think I'm an optimist and, and I expect things from people and that's, and I get disappointed by them sometimes. But right. I'm not a cynic because a cynic doesn't expect anything from I expect everyone to be to be the best that they can be. Right, and then you have feel, but you are allowed to feel disappointment. I feel like in our culture we're sort of, well, especially as a, as a woman, it's don't show your disappointment. Hey, it's, it's just not a feeling people want you to feel or whatever and when people let me down for whatever reason like for for a small example like I run a lot of comedy shows and if a comedian doesn't show up but doesn't text me and doesn't let me know at all and just doesn't show I'm disappointed I'm disappointed in them because we they said they were going to be somewhere at a certain time and they didn't show up and they didn't let me know and I I written letters to people and said I'm really disappointed that you chose not to communicate with me that you weren't arriving and then they were like well blue 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 and they get all like defensive and upset and I'm like I'm like no 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 I'm just saying I have a feeling it's called disappointment mm. and that's okay I get to feel that uh, that's uh, that's one of the things that I uh, I try to what I try to do and I and I hope I do is is sometimes sometimes you've 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 done something wrong and you know you've done something wrong in those circumstances just say I'm sorry and move on don't don't try and don't get defensive and and try and de- defend your position or, or make it sound as though it's, it's a person who's who you've wronged fault right for 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 bringing it up or for being 
offended and upset, you've done something wrong, say you're sorry and move on. There's, exactly. there's no harm. It's, it's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, I totally agree. Don't do it. Taking responsibility. I mean, this is, and it's not, see, it's not even a moral question. Is it ethics or is it moral? I don't know. But when you mess up and you just diffuse the situation by saying, oops, my bad. There's nothing anybody can do about it. They can't, I mean, they can be disappointed, no. but like there's nothing, you just, yeah, you just move on together. But when then, you know, trying to subterfuge and create lies. And, and so then I wonder like, if the concept of religion and morality comes out of a way to help people avoid situations, but then isn't it just easiest to say, be honest? Well, you think in the concept of religion gives people an, it gives them an excuse right well it's it gives someone else's responsibility i didn't it, it, it it's god's responsibility or some or sure or god already made in. god already knew so god made yes. the decision for me yes. i just went along with that because i was supposed to learn a lesson and now i've but then they don't they apologize to god or whatever but then they don't tell the person mm. who they wronged they don't do that whole amends thing it's just like well no, they, god said it's okay so they don't and one of that's um but religion's general i think i don't think that all religions are like that some religions it seems to me is some religions not the ones i know about or was raised i was raised in are seems to me to be a better way of belief and thinking about things whereas other religions and this is for a state of not a lot of knowledge but islam and judaism mm-hmm. well, it seems very much more about a, a way of a way of living this is how you live your life. Com- and community, too. Yes, this is how you yeah. live your life among other people yes, as yeah. well. And it, it seems to me to be a, a much, well. much healthier. It's, 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 that seems to be, that's, yes, it's a sense of community. And that, that exists irrespective of belief, it seems to me. That, that, that these, okay. these people have, have got a common set of goals and set of beliefs and set of practices and customs. And that binds them together. The religion that I was raised in, I don't believe it, it does. Catholicism, I'm sure other religions are, are, are like as well. Catholicism is, for very good reasons, full of hypocrites. <laughs> don't have abortions. Don't use contraception. Don't go, and, right. And it's it's and so it's, counterintuitive it's, that yeah. you can't. What are we? What are you supposed to do? Well, it, but it just teaches that women are supposed to be hosts. And then when you look at well, the Bible stuff, and it says, you know, the more that you give, the more you sacrifice, like Jesus, the more you're like Jesus, and the better it is. So it's like sacrifice your womb, sacrifice your time, give to your children, have children, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's a I, way of control. It's very much a way of control, and, and that's uh, religion's a way of controlling. Uh, Fundamentally, all religion, all religion, let's, let's not generalise. Catholicism, certainly, and the way it was brought about, the Church of England, are ways to control women yeah. and their sexuality and their power. Um, I, it's quite it's quite interesting, I find, at the moment, bearing in mind where your country is and <laughs> where mine That's is, scary. even with a woman prime minister who... You say, oh well, she's she's a woman prime prime minister. She must be a feminist. Well, no, she's not. Um, but I don't know. You, Margaret Atwood, you, you've read the, Hand, the Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Yes, you know the Handmaid's uh, Tale by Margaret Atwood. I don't. I don't. It's in a it's in a, a near future United States. It's in a, a state called Gilead, where after some unspecified event apocalypse um the vast majority of women are not fertile uh-huh. and those that are are basically um 
bred with. And and they don't and they lose their identity. oh oh okay dystopian future completely. instead completely. of instead of the women who can bear children being yeah. um, put on pedestals and and worship and say yay you get to no. create life they say no 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 we're gonna chain you and enslave you and make you have as many yeah. babies as possible yes you in this <laughs> what a terrible <laughs> book <laughs> in this it's a it's a it's a great book yeah in this world you wouldn't be Pam. You would be of Jack because you would belong right. to me until I was bored with you, and then you would belong to someone else. Right. And your name would then be of Fred or of right, Tim. Right. 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 Wow. Um, and it's 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 a scary, scary book, and um and I, I'm. I'm uh, it's happening in Indiana right now. Yeah. They have a new abortion law where a woman can't get an abortion unless the man signs off. Yeah. I, so I, then I, how I, does I was, that work? Like, is it, and the thing is like, what if your dad fucked you? How do you work that out? Like, yeah, what do you do, you do then? Yeah. You got to have him sign off or do you, do you have your brother sign off or your boyfriend because you don't want to tell your dad? Like it gets into a whole can of worms, but either way they say that, well, a woman's just a host. And so they're hosting that baby and it's his, you know, he gets his say. And I was just like, well, no, Whoa, should, no, Indiana. It's a, uh, uh, abortion is, well, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, we just actually, actually uh, they're trying to change the it's what we call a private members bill, which has got no chance of becoming law. But they're trying to change the abortion laws in in the UK. It's it's not abortion on demand. I think it should be, but I think currently the law is that you have to have two doctors say that you are at ser- your health is at serious risk. Oh no! Whether that's whether that's physical or or mental, okay. you can pretty much get any two doctors to actually do that. Sure. But you still have to do it. You, you as a woman can't go and say, "This is my body. This is my choice." Right. Um, and that, uh, so there's there's a, uh, someone putting, trying to put a bill for our parliament, trying to change that. It's got no chance of succeeding because the the, the will just there. The, the, there's in, increasing. There's more efforts all the time to tighten the abortion laws. Right. Okay. To to bring the the um, the maximum term, or maximum period before abortion, make it shorter and shorter. I think I don't know what exact figures are, so I'm not going to quite. It's a, and it's a weird moralistic question, abortion, because that's the thing is we we were talking about it earlier. The people that think they're doing good because they're against abortion, they truly believe that abortion is bad, wrong, for least, and, and, but they can't see the other side. It's it's the same thing where I'm like they will vehemently defend their. You know, saying that's a, a moral obligation is to have a baby, and and I'm like, I think no. it's a total moral obligation not to have a baby because I'm a 42 year old woman of childbearing age, and I like to drink on Tuesdays, so <laughs> I probably shouldn't have a baby. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, after today, I'm gonna go get a pint, and it'll be 4:30 yeah, on and- Thursday. And but that's the thing is, if I had a kid. I'd have to be running to soccer practice or doing something else that I don't want to do. No. And I've always known I don't want to do no, that. I don't want to drive a car and drive to soccer practice and pick up my kid and help him with their homework. It's your choice. Because I get paid to do that as a nanny. So why would I want to do it for free? But, you know, these are all my choices. And I just, it makes me insane and, to think uh, that someone thinks that my thinking is so wrong. Because I'm like, so do you want like a borderline alcoholic pothead to raising a baby <laughs> like seriously i don't know and it's i mean again i now listen i i don't i'm not usually one to to, to not say what i think and I, and I don't know what your views are about certain things i don't know what your listeners views are but let's be the the, the same people who 
who are saying you can't have an abortion because that's 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 murder, and then the same people who are prepared to execute mentally ill fourteen-year-olds because they murder. It's right, right. You right, can't right, you right, can't right, be right. pro-definitely and anti-abortion. They they're incompatible positions. Exactly. Yeah. Completely in. You know, and the claim that you're that you're moral because you you're you're prepared to kill adults, but not. It's just nonsense. It's an absolute yeah crazy situation, and. I don't know whether is it does it come from religion in this country the views about abortion and I is it just think so I really do I think that it's um, it's the middle of the country is this very they call it the Bible Belt mm. and it's this place where women are still you know barefoot in the kitchen saying wow well, you know yeah. sometimes when it hits me in the face it's because I'm being stupid you know <laughs> but that's not it's it just they're not. I don't know if it's the education or if it's... I, I was raised incredibly religious, and when I was in high school, um, I was, like, anti-abortion, and I thought it was terrible. But I also didn't have sex until I was 20 because I was like, that's also... It wasn't going to be Wrong. an issue for me because I wasn't going to have sex, so I wasn't going to have a baby, yes. so I wasn't going to have to have an abortion. Yeah. Like, it was just one thing followed the other. Um, and I've had to have them, but I honestly don't feel any moralistic obligation. The only regret I have about my second abortion is that they didn't let me um, audio tape it because they, I went in and they gave me these great drugs and they're like, some people talk during their abortion and some people are quiet. And I said, how long is it? And they said, about five minutes. And I said, can I tell jokes? Mm. And they said, yes, <laughs> yes, you can. So I did a great set. I did a, a hot five during my abortion. It was a bringer show. I left it there. Um, <laughs> but afterward, the doctors were all laughing and having a good time. And I gave them all flyers and stuff. But the only thing I was bummed about, about that entire time, was that I couldn't record it. Because it would have been awesome. I'm sure it would. And that's, 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 that's the thing you don't... Uh, I'm sure I must know women who've had abortions. But I don't... But I don't know that I know that, right? Because there's a stigma attached, and sure. okay, and people are private, and they don't have to tell, and and, and it's their, completely their prerogative that they don't tell that. But I know, I work with women who've told me quite intimate details about their personal lives, with their relationships with their husbands, their boyfriends, about other operations and things they've ever done, but not that. And it may well be that that isn't the case, but it, there's there's a, a stigma there. People have been told their private lives and they're told not to tell you things. But even so, it's 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 that okay, there's 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 a certain stigma, and you, and you can't get can't get beyond that. Um, but that's the crux of comedy for me: is that I try to take the the stigmata or the the things that have that you're not supposed to talk about, and then bring them to light. So, mm. like that's sort of how I would call myself a political comedian or whatever, because it is that feminist thing where we couldn't even stand on stage and tell jokes until you know the 60s with like yep. Joan Rivers and and she was pregnant when she was on stage in the six, late 60s and that was like insane people were like <laughs> oh my god there's a pregnant lady telling jokes what in like 1968 so what uh, I want to actually what 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 is your material revolve around what do you like to do I, it's it it's a range of it's a lot of it is about me some of it is oh, obviously stories that are exaggerated some of it is Political. I have some jokes about 
Brexit that probably don't, mm-hmm. won't travel to here. I've had a, got a couple of jokes about Donald Trump. Which, oh, that's good. Which um, that'll I, play really well here. Well, I, I was I was wondering about that. I was I was, I was oh, yeah. not sure whether to actually to, oh, yeah. to do them or not. But um, well, it'll be like a liberal circle jerk if you want to do the Trump jokes. <laughs> but it's it's because everyone here will be like, yeah, like uh, honestly, there. When people say, did anybody vote for Trump? Mm. It's like crickets in the room. This is San Francisco. You're in the liberal bastion. You're in the bubble. Good. You're in the bubble of all things. Like, uh, but that's that's part of our problem, isn't it? We we we're in a bubble and we don't know what's going on outside it. I I genuinely we've the two events in in politics in in England and the UK in the last few years. We had a conservative majority government elected. I never saw that coming for one huh. second. We voted to leave the European Union. I never saw that coming. Never for one saw it coming. That was just a blindside for you. And partly because, apart from everyone, I. I knew to a greater or lesser extent shared the same views as I did. But there you, was one or two that didn't. You were still on the pound. You never even adopted the euro, did you? No, that was that was down to our, our wonderful. That was down to our petty See, nationalism like, as well. But it's that like was, you never were even part of the European Union because you never even took the money. Like that's what I thought the whole European Union was about: was everybody <laughs> getting on on a, the, the same economy and saying like we have a shared bank and we have a shared monetary system. The, the problem with that that was that that was the way. The, the idea, but and that was one of the reasons that the, the Britain didn't go into the into Europe because it tend you, you need not just a shared economy, but that but you need to to have the same effectively the same politics, the same right. the same views. And so, um, the the European Union is I would have I voted to to stay in it, but the European Union is is. And that's one of the reasons that, that, that a lot of people voted out is effectively run for it's run for the globalised world. It's run for the it's run for multinationals. It's run for business. It's run for it's, it's run for banks. Right. We've effectively, over the last few years, the European Union has effectively bankrupted and Greece destroyed Greece's yeah democracy completely. Yeah, absolutely. Because and how are they? Because German devalued. bankers are want their want their money because they're racist. Because people don't like Greek people no, <laughs> or no, Turkish. I, I, I feel like the same way about Turkey. People are because it's like um, I would say the Turkish thing would be like it's because they're Muslims and we can't can't people can't handle it. But then I don't know something. No, I don't. I, I, it may not. I, I I I have a theory. And I don't know how true it is because I never tested it. But the economies in the European Union that have most been in trouble over the last few years are Greece, Spain. Portugal and Ireland. Okay. With the exception of Ireland, Greece, Spain, and Portugal have all been military dictatorships within living memory. Huh, and yeah. Ireland has is a Roman Catholic priesthood dictatorship. Right. The Republic of Ireland. And that's and whether that's that's some whether there's there's something in their psyche that means that they that they struggle what with about Italy though then Italy's got to be on that list too are they floundering because Italy, they had the Mussolini situation what, what Italy's economy I think Italy's economy was big enough for them not to um, not be treated in, in, in the same way okay I mean, I, I'm not sure now but I think Italy's economy is probably the, f- probably the fourth or fifth biggest in the European Union okay after, after France Germany Britain it's probably, it's probably the fourth or fifth biggest but the likes of Spain and Portugal Greece Ireland Tiny, by yeah. comparison, um, but I think that's and that's probably why Italy. They there were very strict rules for joining the the euro, which is the common currency, right. and they fudged them so as any number of countries 
countries shouldn't have, the countries that joined it shouldn't have been allowed to join. Right. Greece shouldn't have been shouldn't have joined. There, Italy there shouldn't have joined because the, it was it was never a a financial and monetary union. It was it was that was a means to an end, and that means well, it was a political union. Liras to euros, like. I mean, that's the same thing. Like, if we all decided to get on the same as the peso, but right now the pesos are 20 to a dollar, so then if you all get on the dollars, it's it's the same thing. Like, if, you're, if the economy, if their individual economy was already sort of downplayed, like, financially or yeah. whatever, and then now you're all trying to get on the same money system, mm. someone's losing. You know, someone's, someone had more money and suddenly they have mm. less money is yeah. the way it looks like to me. Uh, well, but it's yeah, I mean, and part of, and part of the, uh, where that comes from is the, I think is the, it, it sounds, this is going to sound from coming from, from, from England who are, we're obsessed with, we're obsessed with three things in England. Oh. It's the First World War, the Second World War, and the 1966 Football World Cup, Soccer World Cup, all of which we beat Germany at. They're obsessed with beating Germany. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's 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 horrible. But I'm now going to say something which is going to sound horribly anti-German. Um, <laughs> but I think where the, a lot of the problem comes from is when they reunified the, the two Germanys. Right. The West West Germany made a political decision that one mark would be. A, would be trans would be one Ostmark or whatever the East German right, right. It was a one to one sure. correlation. But the East German economy it We're shouldn't have been like so that. So behind, been, yeah. yeah. It was but, like a and, and they and because of that the German economy as a whole felt took had a whole lot of a whole lot of pain they went through to to equalize this both political sides. End. Yeah. And I think there's there's a, a view in Germany well well we've suffered for for this to for a closer political union to bring people closer together. Why aren't you? You should suffer as well. Right. And that's. I think there's a. It's, it's a theory. It's one I've. But I think that's pretty. I think there's a there's a, an element in in germ in the German political hierarchy that says we suffered. You need to suffer as well. Well, it's a na- it's a nationalism thing. Yeah. I mean, but it's but and I feel like here we don't have a nationalism thing. We're just super racist. Like Americans are just super racist. They're like, we are like white, black. But that now, now things are getting confused because people are confusing race and religion. Mm. And so now all the Muslims, all those damn Muslims, and it's just funny because it's not a race. And when you know Obama or Obama, our our new president. I don't like to say his name. I like to call him Forty Five because he's the Forty Fifth president. Because I don't like to give him any more traction <laughs> or any more PR. But Forty Five is kind of doing this sort of. Muslim ban kind of this this just this, this, it's rhetoric that they're okay with and it's vilifying a specific religion and it's mm. weird because it it's not like and he kind of tried but he did a couple countries where he's like well you can't come back now and it was he vilified those countries because of the uh, because of the Islamic mm. the religion and not and I'm just like so now we're confusing racism and like I don't even know what it's called religiousism when you Maybe it's know. the same thing as racism, but so uh, people of any race can be Muslim. People of any race can be Jewish. People of any race can be Christian or Buddhist but or whatever. That takes us back to what we were saying earlier to some extent about um, uh, do you have to be religious to be to be to be moral? Because what it looks to me as though forty-five to save you having to hear his name <laughs> is doing is. He's doing exactly what he said he'd do. Why did people think he would do anything different? Right, that's our, true. That's our true. prime 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 minister has said has said she's going to do all sorts of things, 
but she's done none of them. So she's very much judge people by what they do, not what they say they're going to do. Right. And and that's what you have to you have to do with people, which is takes, takes us back to the you know, regions say, love thy neighbour, do this, do that, whatever. But do they actually mean that? Um, one of the votes that was going through the, the intricacies of our political system are bizarre. We've got House of Commons elected, House of Lords not elected there by anybody at all. Um, in the House of Lords, the, because of the nature of the established religion, we have a number of bishops sitting there. Huh. And as part of the Brexit bill to leave the British exit, which is to, to, to leave the European Union, there's a debate over what should be done with those European Union nationals living in, in, in the UK. Huh. Should they just be given the right to stay or should they be told to leave? or should And, and effectively they're being used as a negotiating right, chip, right, a bargaining, bar- bargaining chip. chip. Wow. Now, now some of these Church of England bishops who are entitled to the vote, there was a, an amendment to a bill saying, yes, just just give them carte blanche right to stay. Sure. They've been here, they've they've made lives here, some of them are married to Immigrants. people, they've got yeah. children. Yeah, just give them carte blanche right to stay. Some of these bishops voted against that. You think, well, how can you do that? Right. Surely it's, it's just common decency and humanity to allow people to, they've made lives here, they've, they've added to the richness of our culture. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I live in London. I love living in London. It's, it's one of the most multicultural places in the world. It's, you have it's like wonderful. the best Indian food in the world. I've been. I, I don't know about the best in the world. There's other places in the UK that are good, but it's just. But you, and, and we have constant. Where I am, where we live, we've we've had we've over the years we've had we've got we've got a lot of Nepalese people live there. Cool. We've had Somalian refugees come in, and then they move on, and someone else moves in, and it's just it's and that rich. And that's what makes London what it is. None of us are, none of us are locals. Right. None of us are native. It's all we've, we've all come from somewhere at some point. Um, uh, how about how does the Syrian thing rock, rock down right now? Is it getting scary? Like, because I always I don't know I don't know anyone. Well, now I know someone in Europe. Yeah, but from here, the way it looks, at least on on my liberal side, is that uh, we funded a big war and we really screwed up Syria, and then we said we're not taking any refugees at all. But hey, Europe, you take those four million people and good luck. But we're not going to help you at all because we're dicks. That's, that's that's kind of what it seems like. That's on, on pretty my much side. yeah, and, and so that, that's that's how how it looks to you from here, how it looks to us from where we're. Yeah, it's it's effectively the, the some countries are better than others. Germany's taken a lot of Syrian refugees, but again, a, a lot of the burden has fallen onto those countries that least of all. A lot of the burden has fallen onto Greece because right. they're, they're saying the first country you 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 come to is the one that you should. And it's on the border. On the border, yes. You, yeah. you work with see. One of the things that is particularly disgusting about my government, they they agreed last year, a couple of years ago, they would take 20,000 child refugees within the next five years. Oh, yeah. Which is, is, I mean, it's a nothing number. They should be looking for much more than that. In the last couple of, in the last few weeks, they've they've announced that they're, 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 no, no, they're now no longer going to meet that commitment. Oh. These are children living in refugee camps in Calais on the on the French coast, living in squalor and open to all sorts of abuse and who knows what. And my country won't take them in because we think we're overcrowded or we've already done our bit and it's that sort of thing that makes you think well you're a vicar's daughter you can't right. what's wrong with you you're right, a right. shameful shameful woman and you should be 
Make, they, well, people should have to angry. spend time in a refugee camp so they know how how awful the squalor is. Well, and that's why I feel like we started it. We funded the guns to to Afghanistan. And we've you know we've sold guns to Russia. We've sold guns to everybody. Mm. And we're like, oh look, oh, they're all now killing each other with the bombs uh. and stuff. But my thing is to say in San Francisco, in this liberal bubble, like let's put our money where our mouth is and say, I mean, in this city of a million people where there's so much money, it would be great to have like a couch surfing thing where we could get 50,000 homes for refugees and be like, have it be this instead of like, well, I own a Prius, so I'm good for the, you know, for the, for I'm a green technology kind of person. Be like, if you don't have a Syrian on your couch, what's wrong with you? Like to flip the script so that people start being like, you, you don't have a refugee on your yeah, couch? Just, yes, sir. Like, what, you, do you have a soul? Like that would be exciting to switch. And I think like, I mean, I, like all of it, it makes me angry, but I, I, I know I don't do enough. I could do more and should do more, but I don't. I don't do enough. It's I, it's 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 hard to think about what, and that's the thing too is like what what can we do? And now in in our political at this current administration, there's a lot of people that are getting very upset, but no one really seems to know what to do. So there's a lot of like marches and a lot of, which is kind of I don't know. It, I mean, it shows solidarity, but it just it seems so it ineffective. Does. It's like, what? Are, what can we really do? And that's that's the problem. I don't. I don't know there's anything that we can really do. You can't. You can't stage a coup. That's not going to work. <laughs> right. it, seems, it seems the only. It seems. To, it seems the only thing that seems to work with Donald Trump is ridicule. He doesn't like right. being. He doesn't like that. But yeah, the actually, Snoop Dogg thing came out yesterday. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> there was Snoop Dogg has a new video. Oh, right. uh, he's a rapper. Yeah, I know. And, Snoop, okay, yes. good. Sorry, I don't know how much of the how much of the culture goes both ways. Uh, Snoop Dogg goes both ways, yeah. Awesome. So Snoop Dogg has a great new song, and it's all about clowns. And so, in the video, he has all of these people, like baby clowns and adults, and everyone's walking around with clown makeup on. And then he talks about the the cops are clowns, and and they shoot a guy with like. Uh, glitter and it's weird and it's because he has a, a water gun it's all water guns and fake guns and stuff and they're like and it's all clowns and it seems very like strange but you know he's making a political stance so at the end of it there's a point where Snoop Dogg points an almost real looking gun at a clown that looks like Donald Trump yeah. but it's called Ronald Crumpf or something <laughs> on his thing but he looks like him but he's in clown makeup and his face is orange and he points the gun and then shoots it and a little bang comes out of it remember the old school bang flags mm, that are yeah. red with the bang and that happens and so it's about three and a half minutes through the video and Donald Trump lost it and he tweeted like a 14 year old girl to all of his you know, it's, it's, yeah, like it's, a 12, it's so unpresidential right? He has no self control like, does he at all? And he's like Snoop Dogg with his failing career, how can you do this? And I'm like failing career, Snoop Dogg is doing crossover now, he's with Martha Stewart on VH1, mm. are you kidding me? He's like making his own line of pot to sell it here in California <laughs> like in the stores I mean he's doing great so it's he can't handle the ridicule. Maybe that's the whole thing. It's no, just... I mean we, we were watching the we put the television on the hotel room last night, and there was one of the news channels. I can't remember which one it was, and they were talking. There was someone explaining how where Donald Trump has got had got his comments about wiretapping from. And oh apparently, right! And apparently, they, someone said he'd, he'd read this in the in the New York Times back on the 20th of January. So six weeks ago, but he don't start to me about But isn't the New York Times also the failing New York Times that he keeps telling us is, right. is, is failing and no one should read it and it's, and it's wrong. But talking of ridiculing Donald Trump, when we were walking here from the, from the train station, the bar station, the stores, they've got uh, Donald Trump 
pinatas. Oh, absolutely. Hanging outside, which is oh, wonderful. they've had those forever. They're, I've They're not seen great. those for oh, really. We, we, we've not seen them before, and they were. So the kids we, love them. Oh, well, I can imagine that. And adults. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. They've been around since last year. Since oh, right, since he started. Since he campaigning. started campaigning, yeah. Because yeah, last year we had a 420 party, and there was a there was a 45. Uh, pinata that was a lot of fun just filled with condoms and lube and you know like little mini alcohol bottles so you smash it and then but, get smashed it's fun but going back to I mean I think this, this that's I don't, I, can only, I don't know how Donald Trump won but it seems to we have people in our country and I think it happens here as well middle class white men believe they're an oppressed minority oh uh-huh. and I don't know how that's happened because I'm a middle class middle aged white man and I'm as I say to people you know I'm a middle class middle aged white man we rule the world yeah. we shouldn't feel oppressed by anybody right. you know, we should feel ashamed of ourselves sometimes for what we've done but we shouldn't feel but we shouldn't feel that we're that, that the world's against us because really we rule it why the would we right. think anything other than feel anything other than well shame frankly well it's but that's, the it's it, and the same kind of argument came out uh, in the late 90s against, um, uh, what's it called, affirmative action. And people said, well, affirmative action, that's not fair anymore. And now you're giving more, you know, to minorities and schools and whatever. And it's like, are you, you're seriously complaining about this? Yeah. Like, because it's it's almost like, especially here in, in America, since we, we only, we had slavery, like still, it was only like 160 years yeah. ago or something ridiculous. But it's, it's like... And from the 60s, we've, you know, finally there's civil rights. It hasn't even been 50 years since we've had, mm. you know, equality. And women, we haven't even passed the 19th Amendment, so there is, it is, we're still not equal. But, so, for, for, all, for all of these reasons, it's like there was a race and it started. And people of color or maybe women had, uh, you know, big chains and uh, weights around their ankles yeah. and like their neck and they were trying to run the race and the white guys were like we are doing great and now- we are winning this race this is great and then suddenly they were like oh wait these rules aren't fair you had weights around you and normal people would say well let's start the race over but we're like no nah, we're just gonna keep running even though you're that far behind we're just gonna we're just gonna stay up here at the beginning we, of the race we have we signed sorry i'll just rose question for you sorry what was equal pay act signed Equal Pay Act. There's an Equal Pay Act. Equal Pay in the 1970s in the UK. Wow. It still isn't equal. Oh, okay. Still not equal now. It's complicated. No, they just don't enforce it. They just don't do it. They don't enforce it. Sure. We have a minimum wage. They don't enforce that either. And when companies and when companies don't meet it, they sort of fine them. But minimum amounts. They don't prosecute them. Right, right. Um, so why would they enforce the minimum wage when they haven't enforced the I, equal pay that they signed 40 years ago? Right, yeah. And then and then they wonder why women think they're looked down on, mistreated, right. or not taken seriously, because they aren't. Well, they when, are, sorry, not, aren't taken seriously. When women make a decision, well, when men make a decision, um, it gets followed by people, but when women make a decision, usually someone forms a committee. <laughs> That's one of my jokes. There's always a, there's always a freaking committee, um, but they did. They just I read a little uh, study. A guy just passed around on the internet, and he switched the email names. So he was a guy, and he had a, a very. She was, they were pretty much the same, but kind of she was his subordinate, sorta, but not really, but kind of, and 
her they were they were saying oh her performance wasn't as good and something was happening and he just switched the names on the emails so the emails that she sent out he put his name yeah. and the emails Okay, so they switched names. And he suddenly realized that when he was using her name, people were being petty. He got asked out on a date. Like, they were being argumentative and not listening to his instructions. But when answering questions became a difficult thing, they wouldn't, they wouldn't call back. They wouldn't communicate. But when he was himself, or when she was him, everything was getting done and her productivity went way up. And it was just sort of the rampant sexism in the people that are... Not, it isn't even within the workplace. It's the people that are hiring the people in the workplace, like as a consultant. So when I, I, work with, with, I was in a meeting recently, and I worked with a woman who is the expert in what the meeting was about. And we sat in this meeting, and for an hour she didn't say anything. And we left the meeting. And I said, "What do you say, Mandip?" He said, "Well, her boss was there. He told me I couldn't speak at the meeting." <gasps> I said, well, what did you, what did you, she, I said, well, why did you come? She said, well, I told him that I, that I, that I wasn't going to come, but he insisted that I did. But he wouldn't let you speak. Why did he want you there? She said, I don't know. Maybe it just made him feel big to have me there and sat there next to him doing back to the handmaid's tale, right. as we were saying earlier. Right. She was his yeah, of property. Whatever, she was yeah. His, yes, it was, um, yeah, she was told she could Look at my little worker bunny. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was, and she was outraged, and she put it, and I was outraged when she told me, and and, and I said, well, "What are you going to do about it?" And she did nothing because she didn't want to rock the boat, and that's, right. and I can I can understand in the situation, the workplace, and the way people still are that why well, she would do that, but it's not right, and it's, and it's again, it's it's people were people not people judge people by what they do, not what they say, and, right. and, and this man was wrong, and. He knew he was wrong, and he was pulled up about it by other people. But he just, you know, well, I, I didn't want her to contradict me. It, well, even if you were wrong, no, of course not. I don't. Want, I, I didn't want to say anything that I didn't agree with. Ah, uh, it's it's. What do you do? It's hard to because uh, when you're even going to the negotiating table as a woman, you ask for less for some reason. I don't know why. It's like years and years of not feeling it valued. Then when you have the opportunity to say, when they ask you, well, what do you want to be paid? What do you think you're worth? I always lowball. I've always done that. I've never like valued my own work to the where I really think it would be because I'm like, well, they probably won't think that, so I should think it's less. And so I've I've never so I've never negotiated for the right amounts because I just devalued myself until I realized like oh, I should have asked for a lot more. And then I find out that someone else is making more for the same job, and I'm like, I'm dumb. <laughs> but it's just because it's feeling under yeah, well, I think undervalued. The, the, I think the, the, the equal pay was it equal equal pay for work of equal value, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's called Interpolation by some philosopher or whatever. Yeah. And it's just we're, we're told we're worthless by the whole of our culture and we believe it, so that's the coat we put on. That's, that, you know. Right. And and there's, it's very hard to fight an entire life, an entire culture where that's what you're told your value is. Right, exactly. Or, or that there's there's so much value that's put on the physicality of, of being a woman. And that's happening right now with us because of 45's uh, trophy wife, Melania. 
um, the first lady who's, oh, I think she's 44 now and he's 71. Or, um, but, and it's his third wife who's, you know, gorgeous and amazing. But it, it just, it's so upsetting that she doesn't speak. <laughs> and, and it's, she has no, I mean, it's like second wife eyes down kind of thing. But it's, if you're not skinny and pretty, you don't have value. It seems to uh, the highest job in the land here. And that just trickles down, like the, the thought, the thought monster in that trickles down. That Trickle down thought monster. We're going to stop the Jack Wheeler portion of Hello. Some Call Me Tim because we have Hello. a crazy, Hello. hold on, I don't have you up yet. We have a crazy special guest right now in the studio. Hi. His name is Tim. Yes. Some call him Tim. Some do. Some do. We're going to get back to that last 10 minutes of that Jack Wheeler uh, and his wife Rose all the way from London. Uh, but since we have Timothy Pizza in the house and it's been a rarity, I thought we'd take the opportunity to talk to you about things. Yeah, I know. I'm bummed, man. I love this show and uh, my work schedule just keeps screwing me and screwing me, but I think it's getting back to normal, so I should be back in every other Wednesday. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Because we got a we got we got belief in things to talk about. Hell yeah. So, I realized from so where do you want to start, Pam? Well, you know, I, I usually start with, uh, do you believe in Jesus? No. Well, no. I mean, I believe that he existed. Um, I don't believe he did. I, I think those times were probably so weird and bizarre that like... You, you, they, they didn't know how to explain things so much that, the, that things got so... You're referring to miracles, in that miracles yeah. that he could have performed, you're saying like, well, they were so dumb back then, and none of them knew how to read. So well, the, like, maybe even reading uh, seemed like a mir- miracle at that time. Uh, like, are you familiar with, I think they call it like the dual planes? Dual planes. Only I only know about dual planes in Magic the Gathering, when it's a no, planes well, I mean, and a swamp together, you can double play like, that man. Jesus would say something like... Um, you know, he'd go to a blind person and he'd spit in their eyes and he'd rub mud in the spit. And, oh, right, right. And right. they wouldn't understand it and they wouldn't get it. And he'd be like, blah, 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 you know. And then they thought that they were doing something, you know, you know, he's taking some, putting this nasty shit in the person's eyes and blah, 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 blah. And the person would be able to see. But the reality of it was is he was like taking from the earth and like, you know, giving to the to the person and then they would get to like Jesus would be basically saying one thing but it would really be another thing and those were kind of this is a horrible example of the dual plans it's been so long since I've talked about it but um, yeah there's tons of them it's like a it's a a section of study that was um, that was kind of big I I learned where I know most of my stuff about religion um, I had a religious teacher named uh, Reslin uh, uh, Reza Aslan and um, he's huge now. He wrote a book about being Muslim. He wrote uh, a bunch of other stuff. He's, uh, I, he- I don't know if this is true, but I heard he was a correspondent for like that show Leftovers on HBO to like help them get all the religious facts right. Um, oh. He's been on the news a whole bunch of times. Like he was on, I think, Bill Maher and uh, he might have been on Jon Stewart. He's too. a real Bible scholar. Yeah, he's one of the yeah. top 10 theologians in the world. Wow. And he gave me the Religious Studies Award at De La Salle High School. So that's my wow. one. Yeah, I got wow. honors De one year. Um, he had me subclasses for him and stuff. I remember the first day of class, he came in with a railroad spike and um, a pig's foot and a block of wood. 
He didn't even say anything. He just walked into the class, took the pig's foot down, and tried to hammer a railroad spike through this pig's foot um, to show what it was like, like how brutal the crucifixion was. Right. Well, usually when they crucified people, they didn't nail them. They just tied them. Because when you crucify someone, you actually make them suffocate. Right. Because you... I mean, they give them a little thing to put their feet on, but it's like, and they give them this weird thing where you can kind of rest your butt. But when you do that, it hangs your arms to a certain thing that you end up suffocating a over very, a long a period of time. It's a slow death where you're constantly right. fighting. Yeah. Right, because you're trying to stand up and you don't want to fall. But So with the, with the nails, they made it even more brutal, but usually they just tied them up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think... Jesus probably had a lot of crazy ideas, and I don't know, maybe he could do miracles. I, I don't believe in that. Uh, well, I mean, that's the thing. It was that even now today, there are things that could be seen as miraculous if you didn't understand the technology. Right. Like, if you time-traveled from 1950 to here, and you saw everybody with these magic devices up to their faces watching TV. Like, even go farther back than that, before TV started. So, let's say you take a person from the 20s, mm-hmm. you time-travel them to here. Yeah. This is, we live in a magic time. Yeah, they see a building. They see, right. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Made of glass or yeah, whatever. Or like, and a, it's... or like a clean woman. But <laughs> 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 uh, Well, but, you know, unclean. All that, we're still dripping blood. I mean, it's been, yep. can't, can't, uh, can't get rid of that, unfortunately. All this science we have and we can't abolish the period. <sighs> Just wish that that was possible. Uh, I guess if you take enough Depa Provera or something like that. Anyways, off off the topic. But magic or miracles, miracles are like a miraculous, uh, you know, magic things that happen. And, and if you don't understand the context, you could see miracles happen all the time. Like a car could be a miracle. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, I've had times when I believed in stuff. Like there was a weird time when I kind of like invented my own sort of religion in my brain. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was batshit crazy, but... Uh, I, um, what were some of the tenets? Did you have to do certain? Well, yeah. First, you, first you had to like. First, you had to get like your ankle to have surgery on. They had to crush all the bones in your ankle and like uh, fuse all the bones together, and then hold them together with a three and a half inch titanium rod. And then you had to sit in a wheelchair for six months. And then you had to eat nothing but painkillers. And then you have to get depressed. And then they have to give you the wrong cocktail of SSRIs. Mm. So you're just like a crazy invalid in mm. a wheelchair. Um, and then you see God. No, no, no. Then you see numbers, and numbers are God. Oh. So, like, I would, every number, every license plate that went by, every van with, like, a serial number on it, Ooh. it would, like, could totally depict how my day went. Wow. Like, if I saw combinations of threes and fours, that was really good. But if I saw fives and I'm bad, shit was going to happen. Wow. Twos were kind of, like, you should be watching out for yourself. And, like... This is a great theory. Yeah. And, like, sevens were, like, combinations of threes and fours. So they were better than the three and four because that's what you can get when you make a, you know... Because the only thing you can really divide a seven by is a three and a four. Right. Without making, you know, non... Is it not prime, but non-whole numbers. Sure. Yeah. Um... You know, two whole numbers. But then if you've got, like, two numbers, so you don't you saw a one and a two is separate. You didn't see it as 12. So no. they were only they were only zero to nine, your number they base. They were whatever I wanted them to be. I see. Yeah. If a J L. precedes a two, then it's actually not so bad. Right. But then, like, <laughs> if I saw, like, DC shoes, uh, that would be a good sign because a D would be a four and a C would be a three. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, it, was, mm-hmm. it was weird. That was really weird. You were you were creating your own numerology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, I mean, the the Kabbalah. There there are so many different uh, like texts and like 
you know, objects that the I Ching is completely based on numbers. I mean, and that's even, that's not even numbers. It's, it's heads or tails on a coin. So it's yeah. even just ones and twos, which is what brings us, and that's what computers run off is ones and zeros. Yeah. So really, actually, it would be one or zero, I guess, with the flip of a coin, ones and zeros, on and off, just like computers. So it is all numbers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was right. Maybe it was one. It felt right at the time. I sure. Mean, then I started doing really weird shit where like... But did it help you? Here's the thing. No. It didn't help you. did not help it, me. It made it worse. I mean, I wrote some really great songs and stuff about it. Um, uh, yeah, I wrote some beautiful songs about that stuff. Uh, shit, we should play one. Um, Find one. Go to uh, soundbecamecolor.bandcamp.com. Yeah. And uh, I can kind of explain the lyrics as it goes. I had this beautiful singer, uh, Rashida Clendenning, who goes by Audio Angel, sing this song. And I wrote all the parts, all the lyrics. Um, the only thing I'm not playing are the horns and the drums. Sound became color, free listening. Yeah, click on that. On SoundCloud. No, no, no. It should be on Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Uh, Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Um, all right. And then bank. Uh, what's the difference between Bandcamp and SoundCloud? Um, not much. Uh, Bandcamp's kind of like more, you can put like a whole album up there. It looks a little bit more professional. SoundCloud's kind of like more track based. So is there another band called Sound Became Color? Because Sound Became Color, San Francisco, it's, there's one called Acid Tet. Yeah, that's a newer one. That was the last one that I did. And then the other one should be... Uh, Life is a Gift Horse, a collection of short stories from The Wizard in the Grid. The Wizard in the Grid is a whole other thing. Yeah, that okay. Wizard of the Grid is kind of what started the whole numbers thing on a, from Freebasing DMT. I got to oh. meet the I saw the grid and met the wizard. So which one should I click on? Gave you easy. Acid Tet? No, gave you easy. That doesn't... It's oh, Wizard there. in the Grid. Wizard. Then, oh, I see. Okay, Wizard in the And then grid. the song gave you easy. But do you like how the... Do you like... Do you notice anything awesome yeah, about the... Uh, but the book looks like it's from... Um, J.D. Salinger. Yeah, J.D. Salinger's. Yeah, because, yeah. well, Life is a Gift Horse is my favorite line from Teddy, which is the last story in 13 Stories, where uh, they in the beginning, um, Teddy asks his dad, he says, uh, what's a... What's a gift horse? And his dad just kind of shrugs him off. And then later, Teddy's dead, and they find his journal. And then the last entry is, uh, life is a gift horse. Oh. Well, I'm a big fan of the the story in that where he twists, the girl twists the doll's head around, and then he kills himself. Uh, which, which story we've got? Sometimes the sun shines through the rain, soft effect, this is the grid. The uh, next eight weeks, Nintendo Beak. Gave you easy. Gave you easy. All right, yeah. here we go. This is... Yeah, this is my song about numbers. This is, basically, this song cooler. was... They, uh, I was in a support group, and they told me to write a letter to myself to prevent me from committing suicide, and then that turned into this song. Wow, all right. Here, this is Gave You Easy by Sound Became Color, also known as Timothy Pizza, here on MutinyRadio.fm. Some call me Tim. Okay, so the first verse is just some little minor paranoia stuff. I like the uh, Kenny Loggins in the back. I thought you knew what to do, whether or not to make it stop. I don't want to stop, so please don't ever stop. No, please, baby, don't you make it stop. Never try to stop. 
She's asking me not to kill myself. So the gave you easy thing was like, I'm giving you easy by getting me out of your life. Her voice sounds like a famous person, and I can't think of who. Uh, you probably, it's probably her. Oh. Yeah, you probably heard her and stuff. She sang with Soundtrap Sector Nine and uh, some other stuff. She's the voice. She's, of, she was the voice of Toyota and Papa John's for a while. She sounds like a little bit like Tracy Chapman. Mm. Okay, so here's the number part. happens here um, you can hear a bunch of birds fly away when she says you took to the sky yeah it's right here I recorded my brother's parrot and layered it so it sounded like a hundred birds cool so
Yeah, it was really fun to make because I was like, like Beck does this a lot, not in like his like poppy dance songs or his funny songs, but like he'll make these songs that sound really pretty, like that song "Girl," um, and it just sounds like a fun song about girl, you know, like whatever. But if you listen to the lyrics, it's about like a hardcore kidnapping or something. Ah. Yeah, so it talks about like hanging from a noose and like being trapped in a being handcuffed in a van and like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting at the end how you kind of broke it down and it sounded like discordant mind theory or whatever. Like it was all... It went from sounding really pretty to sounding like almost like... Swirly. Minor tonic scales or something that that were, you know, not... Like it just went from this really... Like it just sounded very pretty and every phrase was sort of completed and then it went into this sort of like meandery. Well, yeah, because that's, that's how I play music. Like I take the, you know, major scale and then I take its relative minor and just kind of go back and forth in between. Like I don't really know the boundaries between the two and on accident, I just never really made it out of this weird space in between those two things. So I think that's kind of where I got that sound. Kind of all my songs always had that. Um, and now they beepity boop. So these, this sound became colored. This was like a real band that you were in. Well, this no, this like- was, I wasn't a real band. And then we broke up cause I went nuts. And then I um, played all these parts at home. And then I hired, you know, I had a close friend that was a drummer who was in New York. So we were doing uh, drums over email. And then, um, you know, and then I had this big week in the studio where I had, you know, Rashida come in and sing all the songs. And then uh, my horn player was always with me, um, working on it the whole time. But for most of it I did by myself. Wow. Yeah. And uh, what was the what was the band that you were in before? before it was called yeah. The Bad Hand. The Bad Hand. Yeah. And like that just fell apart because of the... It wasn't that you broke your ankle, it's that you had the club foot thing as a kid is that what happened you had the weird thingy yeah and then club they... feet as a kid and then i quit smoking i started running which i should have never done but no, uh know. but it made me quit smoking it was so great i loved running so much and uh but then you ran yourself into the ground yeah you had, to have I had to have the surgery and then surgery. things there was already bad things in the relationships with the guys in the band like i was really insecure all the time so they were constantly big brothering me and then i started making progress but they kept doing that Oh. And that became an issue. No, no. So no, explain that they. When you say big brothering, like they were like, "Oh well, Timmy, we know he can't take care of himself, yeah. so we're gonna help him." So it was like you were kind of belittled and patronized yeah, by exactly. the bandmates because yeah. they. Yeah. But because just because, but what you would do crazy things like take four hits of acid and take your clothes off and run in the street, or no, no I mean no. I, I never did anything that bad. It was just. I was just really dark. Like, I was just a weird, dark guy. And uh, and it didn't help that I was dating the keys player's sister. Oh. Um, but, I mean, him and I are still friends. Um, her and I are still sort of friends. Um, uh, the drummer and I are still friends. But everybody's kind of doing their own stuff now. Um, do, you, do, you feel, do you feel better? Like... Yeah, yeah, I feel fine now. I mean, I feel better than I've ever felt. Um, I mean, when I quit all the drugs, I quit them all cold turkey. There was like a year and a half where I was just like a fucking weird 
husk of a person. Um, that's when because I started. they took because you took away your own antidepressants. Yeah, I quit everything cold turkey. Quit everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so you went from like let's say six pills a day to zero. Try like twelve pills a day. Yeah, to like wow. zero. I mean, just as a just as a way that you like organize your life and you strategize how you're going to complete your day. Taking twelve pills is like I had to take one pill every day when I was on the pill, mm-hmm. and that was hard to remember. Mm-hmm. But having to structure your day around, I just feel like it would be psychologically damaging to to spin your day around 12 pills anyway. I I mean, it was like I was so jacked up on like Adderall and Zoloft because those are uppers and then I would take Seroquel at night and then it would just knock me the fuck out. And then there would be like this weird two-hour period where I would just like be a sugar zombie. I'd like go to the Zoloft is a mood stabilizer. It's not supposed to be a... um, an upper it's supposed to be a mood stabilizer well so. see that's the thing they, that's why they thought I was bipolar because I had that reaction to it mm. but just because I had that reaction to it doesn't necessarily mean I'm bipolar um, I, on paper I am bipolar I went back to the doctor and I was like you know well actually another part which I, I should have opened with this um, bearing the lead here um, so I guess uh, I'd always kind of had like weird when Rashida was teaching me how to sing we would do this uh, chakra tonal meditation where like you breathe through your nose, exhale through your mouth and like you know, do these like ah tones and it was really relaxing. And one day in the meditation I realized that like I'm not getting that much airflow in, you know, through the nose, but it's going out fine. And then like I didn't think anything of it and I was like, okay, that's weird. And then I was dating a nurse and she woke me up one night and she's like, yo, you've got fucking worse sleep apnea than like a 400 pound man wow she's like you she's like you die like three times in your sleep sounds like, like david bory yeah. i slept in the same room with him once he and um, she's like you got up. she's like you got problems so i blew that off and then um after all this shit happened um i got uh wrongfully pulled over um basically some cop just started like tailgating me on this windy road with the, his lights off in the dark. Oh, scary. Tried to run me off the road, and then he did run me off the road, and then all the lights went on. He's like, why'd you swerve? And then, you know, he searched my car, and he found uh, that day I, didn't, I was running late, so I just grabbed loose pills and chucked them in my pocket. Right, right, right. And then, um, you know, they said I had all these narcotics on me and booked me with a narcotic DUI, and I was like, if you just, like, let me open up my Kaiser you know web page i can show you my list of medications and, we, yeah, and they're like no yeah yeah and then they tried to book me and then um a week later is when i started thinking about the breathing thing and i was like maybe i should get my sinuses checked out and then i got a little bit manic about that like i was like i can't breathe i can't breathe so i was like freaking out i was like trying to get in to get seen then i'd go in and i was clearly manic and they were just like okay you need to go away and then i went back another time and then i went to sacramento the guy in Sacramento, like, found all this weird shit. He's like, well, yeah, you've got this weird fluid coming out behind your ears and blah, blah, blah. Your nose and throat, babe. And then, um, and then I went back to San Francisco to try and get looked at again because I wasn't satisfied. And uh, the nurse there, uh, she's like, no, you got to go. I'm like, well, can I just hang out in a room until someone comes? I feel like shit, blah, 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 blah. And because um, the night before, when I went to Sacramento, I was like, I don't feel good, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they, like brought me in a wheelchair because they thought all the shit was wrong with me and then uh they gave me morphine and then they were like and then all of a sudden they just thought i was trying to get a fix and they literally wheeled me out to the curb and just left me there and there was no record of me ever showing up what yeah so um was this before or after your loss of taste this is before smell smell this you lost leads your up smell. to that this leads okay. up to that so um 
I go to the doctor the next day and I'm like, I know something's wrong. Can you just fucking look at me? Blah, blah, blah. I'm tired of doing this. And then I hear the nurse in the other room say, God damn it. I just want to go home and watch Lost. Oh. So I think I get in her face about that. Next thing I know, um, she had called my mom from another room and gotten her to sign off on a 5150 for me. Whoa. So they 5150'd me. And uh, um, I went to the 5150 place and that was just fucking insane yeah there's yeah, like a naked yeah. Russian guy running around there's sure. this really cute girl who wanted to hook up with me but it was like too weird because it was like in a place and everybody was wearing like those fucking things where your ass is hanging out and I was right, just right, like right, right. I don't even know if I could like do anything I was like I didn't want and, and I didn't want to get in trouble and have to stay there longer right right so yeah they'd add sexual promiscuity to some other thing they'd be like yeah well, that's a classic bipolar thing is yeah. sexual promiscuity or whatever so, and then I flipped out I uh they told me to go to group and like talk about your problems or like if you make progress you can go and then I go to the group and they hand me construction paper and finger paints and I'm just like okay alright they're like yeah we want you to draw how you feel and I'm like drawing a sun and I'm like oh, I don't want it to look too happy so I drew like a dark cloud too and then like um, I'm like you know just trying to do it and then I'm like okay I can just do this and I'm like I know this is dumb but maybe it'll pay off if I kiss the teacher's ass and then um you know, she's like some 21-year-old. She doesn't know shit. She's not a right. doctor. She's right. doing some fucking internship, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck her. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm going to turn on some music to soothe you guys. I know you guys have been so stressed out. And she turns on fucking Jack Johnson's Banana Pancakes. Oh, God. And that was, that's, that was it. I just lost you it. You just I, threw a chair? Did you throw a chair? I flipped over the table and kicked yeah. over the art thing. And I called her. I was like, look, you fucking idiots. I was like, I was like, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you people. I'm like, I have a life. I have a fucking job. I have a fucking career. I'm like... Do this shit, and they're like, and then, then, then I heard, like, I saw her, like, pushing a button or, like, signaling or something. Right. So I run full speed to the payphone, and I call my dad. I'm like, you need to get me the fuck out of here. And he's like, I think you need to stay there for a little while. And then, Ooh. so I take the phone, and I start, the payphone, and just start bashing it against the payphone, like, the receiver. Yeah, yeah. And the next thing I know, I'm just handing, holding a fucking thing of wires. Yeah. Um, and then I see two guys coming around the corner, both dressed in white. Why are they always dressed in white? Um, I don't know. The blood shows up more on wine. Yeah, I know. Um, and one of them's got, you know, wheeling the thing with the bag with the drip. And the other guy's just this big, huge Ethan Albers looking motherfucker. Um, just tackles me and just drugs me with Ativan. Wake up a day and a half later. Now, at that point, I had it. I refused all meds after that. And um, I sat down with the director of the place because he wanted to see me after that outburst. And... Um, I was like, yeah, you know, I got arrested last week. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, uh, yeah, you know, I went to a lawyer about that. And he's like, uh, yeah, I can see that. And, you know, the, the lawyer paperwork's in the report here. I'm like, yeah, so you can see that he's a legitimate lawyer, right? He's like, yeah, he's got his firm and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I don't really think I need to be here. And, um, you know, I'm not poor, but I'm not rich. Um, and I know I'll never win. But if you don't let me out of here right now, me and Johnny Strauss, StraussLaw.com, yeah, will uh, make <laughs> will make you. I don't even know if Johnny would have even gone through with it, but I was bluffing. I was like, "We'll make your life hell." Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't need to be here. And then uh, he's like, "Yeah, I, I don't think you need to be here either." You it's, know? But it's circumstantially it builds up. You were wrongfully convicted of a crime, meaning people weren't listening to you. Not only were people not listening to you in your own life, and you had issues going on, and then then you get arrested, and it was like entrapment. But no one's listening to you still. Yeah. And then you get some. It was just like more on top of more. I would lose it too. Yeah. I'd be like, "Fuck you guys! I'm fine. What is wrong? I yeah. feed, like who's feeding my cat right now? That would have been my whole thing. I'd be like, right. "Well, I'm fifty-one fifty right now. Who's 
feeding my cat. Right. Did anybody call anybody? I have a whole life to get back to. Who's running the radio station? Yeah. There's going to be, the, the bathroom's going to smell bad because you're talking about me washing it. I mean, I definitely had problems. I didn't open my mail for like an entire year and a half. I didn't know taxes. Oh. I just fucking didn't care. But, but it doesn't mean you need to be 5150. It doesn't right. mean that you need people to take over your the control of your yeah. body for you. So That's something completely different. So they tell me when I'm leaving, they're like, yeah, you have to check into this outpatient thing. And the outpatient thing meant that I could go, but if they saw anything, they could keep me there against my will. Oh. So, um, I call Johnny and Johnny's like, here, say this. So I go back and I'm like, Hey, um, what happens if I just stop paying my medical insurance? And they all just kind of go, they look at each other and they're just like, well, we can't do anything. I'm like, all right, well, fuck you guys. I'm going to stop paying it and just walked out. Yeah. Nice. So I didn't have medical insurance for like four months after that. So my mom was, uh, taking me to this, uh, Chinese medicine kinesiology lady and this lady, bless her heart. She was, and I don't mean that in a Southern way. Um, she was, uh, she was great. She really helped me with a lot of stuff, but she couldn't do the one sinus thing that was having problems. I felt like there was a bunch of shit in my face. Like, um, like when I moved my mouth, I could feel like weird slimy thing, not slimy, but like, like scar tissue kind of stuff moving around and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then I finally got medical insurance after three months and I went to this one guy and um, I was terrified and I was giving him a weird vibe and the guy was already like I was starting to tell him my history and then like I could already see him I could backing see the, away I could already see the pattern repeating itself right right slowly back away from the patient yeah and press the button underneath the desk yeah yeah so <laughs> I, so I was like okay I'm gonna get my shit together I'm gonna get some nice clothes and just look like a dude and just go in and say my thing and have no history whatsoever right just say I don't know about my medical history blah 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 and I went into this lady and she took one look at me and didn't even like look in my nose didn't even look at anything and she's just like one of your eyes opens more than the other you tilt your head a little bit to the side she's like there's something going on here and then she takes this like weird thing crams it like three inches up my nose and she's like you need to get an MRI right now wow so I go and get the MRI and she's like yeah your whole entire septum smashed and you're only getting like 8% of the air to your brain that you're supposed what? to be what yeah so I get the surgery and the weird feeling in my cheek where the, that's never gone away. I still have that, but, um, I haven't been manic since that surgery. I lost my sense of smell, which is slowly coming back. I'm starting to smell stuff more and more. Cool. And, um, but like the other day, Audrey was clean. She's like, you need to take your fucking garbage out. I don't know how she's like, I don't know how oh, you can be you in here. She's like, so it's funny. fucking disgusting. I was like, okay, I'll take it out. Uh, did they ever do the surgery where they, you didn't have like a sinus infection, did you? Where they, no, they call it sinusitis, but like sinusitis. extreme case of it. I, uh, usually what happens is when that scar tissue builds up, they have to go in there and they scrape out all your sinus cavities and then they pack you filled with, um, like cotton for a yeah, couple days they and did. then they yeah. pull it out mm -hmm. and that's supposed to help things and, and move things yeah, around. Yeah, but there's like still parts they couldn't get to I think that were in my cheek like there's right. somewhere in my cheek well it's it's all behind your eyes and your head. I get weird headaches because my sinus pressure happens and like it'll be so I can't see out of one eye for yeah. a yeah so I like feel I feel like, like I'm gonna have a stroke or something but I'm not it's just a, it's just a sinus pressure I just like when I move my mouth I can feel stuff like right underneath my temple moving around it's right. weird see this is how I I, I struggle between believing in intelligent design and not because I'm like how do we have a whole sinus cavity like how is all this designed how is this designed over time or like all even my cat has a sinus cavity like what is up with that there's this yeah. weird space but uh, anyways I just don't understand how, yeah. how the human body works and why and that sinus pressure pressing on one part of your brain could make you crazy for a while 
Yeah, well, yeah, we're just not having air. Not having air. Yeah. Right. 8% of the oxygen. <gasps> yeah, just to the brain. I mean, it was getting enough to the lungs, but the brain wasn't getting enough. So you just weren't getting the... So it's hard to do higher order thinking when your brain isn't getting enough oxygen. Yeah, or your brain goes into like hyper aware mode and it just like is a constant... Like, like where you would like say you were getting hunted by like uh, uh-huh, beasts uh-huh. like that right. like you're that's Fight like where flight. my brain was all the time right you were constantly in flight mode or fight mode yeah either one mm-hmm. oof yeah um so it was weird to adjust to that um this is so traumatic for your late 20s i know and then it's like now it's like i oftentimes i joke and say like i don't have emotions or whatever and i kind of don't but i kind of do like it's just like i feel like i'm a step back from them um, like I don't like there was a long time where actually hypnosis helped me out a lot with this where um, I would be pissed off and wouldn't realize it and be walking around like slamming covered doors and oh. you know just being mad and I wouldn't know why I was mad but it turned out I'd be like reliving something somebody said to me earlier that day or whatever and uh, I went to a great hypnotherapist who taught me how to constantly take basically what we did was we got a shitty Casio watch and set it to beep every uh, hour and every time that happened, um, I would put these two fingers together and take mental inventory and just, uh, it started out with like, how do I feel right now? Okay. So I'm kind of pissed. And then that would just be it. That would be it for like the first couple of weeks. And then we would get into like, why am I pissed? You know, like it was just slow steps. And then, um, or anxious. I get, there's times when I just feel so anxious and I don't know why. And I'm sitting here, I suddenly, and Jonathan and I will tell each other, he'll be like, I'm really anxious right now. And I'm like... Okay, uh, but yeah. when you recognize that, like once you realize it, feeling, it starts to go away. Right, exactly. Once you acknowledge it, it's like, hey, I'm anxious. What yeah. am I anxious about? What are you anxious about? Well, I mean, and then you kind of talk it through. The cognitive behavioral therapy was amazing, and that's where I learned all that stuff from. Um, that's, I mean, I did, uh, there was a book about like being bi- how to deal with being bipolar or something like that. Um, and I recommend it to anybody, even if they're not bipolar, because it's got like weird checklists in it. Like if you're having a fucking problem and you're, you know, having a thing, it's got like, you know, a list of like 20 questions. I could never make it past the first three <laughs> before I was just like, okay, I'm being an idiot. Um, yeah, I know. It was great. Um, so now it's like, so, it's, you know, to circle back to, you know, the beliefs, I don't, now I just feel like my belief is like, I mean, you've heard me say this a hundred times in stand-up. Is like, you know, I'm just standing on a rock that's going around a ball of fire. Nothing really makes a lot of sense, and I'm just here trying to make the best of it. Yeah, yeah. why are we wearing pants? Yeah, yeah, why are we wearing pants? <laughs> why is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, I mean, I mean, I think everybody pretty much has the, you know, be nice to each other. Try not to be a dick. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, you got your weirdos, like your seal killers and your travel molesters and what have you, but... That's par for the course, I guess. Um, I, but I really don't think it's par for the course because I think we make them. I think that when people don't have an opportunity or the education to be able to acknowledge their well, emotions, weird things. What, that- what if? What if some nobody? What if you didn't have your John Strauss law friend? Yeah. And what if? You didn't have your mom or your dad, and someone threw you fifty-one fifty you, and you're sitting there and you're powerless, and then I'd still be there. Right. Exactly. So, but that's it's because there's behavioral patterns that when we when you're frustrated and imagine that you're not an adult imagine you're a four-year-old and no one listens to you and your parents don't listen to you and you don't go to school you don't go to preschool and every time you yell something your parent hits you so you learn at that young age that feelings and acknowledging your feelings are bad and wrong and then that patterns and patterns and patterns and then you're an adult and you beat people up well i mean it's like 
There's weird statistics that actually make a lot of sense that I've been learning. Um, like, uh, there's like a there's like a trifecta. I can't remember what the third one is, but like bedwetting as a kid, um, head trauma, and something else um, is like the makings of like a serial killer. Sure. Um, well, I had a friend. He was in when he was six years old. Uh, his it was Nikki Zupetz's younger brother, and I don't remember his name, but he had a thing where he wet the bed at night and he had to wear diapers and I really tried not to make fun of him because he was like two years younger than us Mm -hmm. but it was like a thing like it was like um I mean we all knew about it it was like a thing that we even knew about it at school like everyone knew about it and not that I would like make fun of him but I know a lot of people did and I'm sure that that has on a six-year-old like and it's not like you can really yeah it sucks to be made fun of something that you can't control. That you can't control. Yeah. Or that there's... It's really just a mean thing to do. <sighs> yeah. It's wetting the bed. It's such like a shame thing. I mean, the only, the only time I ever really like beat anybody up, there was this guy and he was... Uh, he was... It was, at, it was after school, at high school, and um, this one guy has got these two dorks pinned up against a chain link fence, like pushing their faces into it so their faces are like protruding through like the diamonds and the links you know just like and you know got him you know grabbing both their, like he's got two kids anyway i'm walking up and he looks at me like i kind of knew the guy like we were kind of buddies like if i saw him we'd be cool um but then i saw him doing this and Ooh. he like thought that i was going to join in and help him oh and then uh i was like, what the fuck are you doing and then i just you know clocked him in the temple and grabbed him by the face and just threw him into the fence wow. and i grabbed the other kids and i was like let's pick on him now let's see how he likes it you know Ooh. and they didn't know what to do so they just took off running um i think i just smacked him a couple of times and let him go but uh yeah, man, I, it was. I wasn't trying to like be a hero. I just got saw it and just got so irate because I was like, like, why do you need to put somebody in that position? Exactly. You know, it's like these guys were probably just trying to figure out some idiot math problem and like having fun, and then you go over there and piss all over them. You know, it's not cool. Little kids are mean. No, these were. This was high school. Okay. We were like eighteen. Kids, kids are mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adults are mean. Yeah. I, I, you know, though people. Uh, People get mean, and I don't know why. It's it's got to be like a they're either bored or it's just a personal insecurity thing, and we're just not taught how to deal with. I've been like doing preemptive meanness to like block out because I like there's some friends like or acquaintances that I know are dicks that like I've gone out with and like try to be like hey how's it going buddy and like and then like they have an audience so they start being an asshole to me maybe because I don't know them that well or they think that I'm like kind of weak. Like, just the other day, like, I was wearing my Funnier Die shirt, and I went up to go play this Pervert Fervor show, and um, I saw this guy I hadn't seen in a while. He's, like, a rapper dude. He's cool. Um, sometimes not. And, um, you know, he's made some weird comments to me before, and he walks up, and before, I was suspecting that, like, he might start making comments, because there's, like, a crowd of eight dudes around. And he walks up, and he's like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, who are you? Oh. You know, like, it just just immediately, like, everybody just kind of giggled a little bit. And I was like, oh, right, yeah, 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 you're jail. And he's like, and then in funny, he's like, oh, what do you think, you work for Funny or Die now? And I was like, yeah, two years. Ha, 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 yeah, two years, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and then I was like, and then it's, then, he, then we were super cool after that. And, you know, like, it, there was no weird machismo, machismo, I don't know how to say that. Uh, That's right, between machismo. us. Yeah. Um, and I didn't do that to be a dick. I do that to like knock it out of the water, you know, like, right. You know, just to like, I, I mean, it's kind of the equivalent of like a dog peeing 
for like a female dog or something. Um, <laughs> basically, you gotta saying, smell your female. Yeah, yeah, my female. Um, yeah, it's just basically. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe it was inappropriate. I don't care. But um, I think it prevented me being the butt of his jokes for the rest of the night. Yeah. Or maybe I'm making it all up in my head. Who knows? See, now that's the thing I always get to is that I think that I'm making a lot of it up in my head. I don't think that people think about me as much as I think they think about me. So I have to constantly tell myself to back off because no one really cares what I'm thinking. So when I sit in a room full of people and I feel like people are ignoring me or I feel like I just need to make my face look pleasant, it doesn't really matter because no one's really looking at me anyway. But at least I'm not frowning. At least my face looks pleasant if they do happen to look at me. But, I mean, I shouldn't... I'm. I think everyone's such a narcissist. And this is what I've told the, the kids when they come in here, the junior high kids. They'll get all really wrapped up about, she said this and this says that and that. And I'm like, you guys, it doesn't matter. No one actually is thinking about you. You're the only one thinking about yourself. Yeah. If someone else is thinking about you, wow, cool. And if they're doing it in a mean way, well, there's no, all press is good press. Yeah. So everyone just needs to chill the fuck out and realize that we're not, as we're not the special little snowflakes that our parents tell us we are if they did in Danville which is the problem I think right. with Danvilleites is that we're all special little snowflakes and we're I mean, all if you've got history with individuals and they've made you the butt of their jokes in public yeah. before yeah, 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 yeah. then I, I think it's a good idea to come with some ammo sure yeah yeah well I that's the, I can't really when I'm when I'm mean I'm really mean so I try not to be mean see that's kind of how really I was mean. forever I'm starting to get the I'm starting to get the nuances of being a dick very slightly. Mm. Yeah. 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 I haven't gotten that yet. Yeah. Can't, yeah. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, so that the outcome of the nose story is that you oh. went cold turkey on the drugs, you yeah. cleaned out your sinuses and now everything is fine. Yeah. Pretty much for the most part. <laughs> Who knew? But your, but your entire mid to late twenties and early thirties were rife with confusion yeah it's probably like seven to ten years depression. of like insanity yeah wow yeah i don't like to call it depression because i loved most of it like 90 percent of it was awesome it was just the downward spiral that blew right yeah yeah it's just the uh perseveration of thoughts and yeah i mean it was awesome kind of stuff. i was like had long hair i was like weird badass i played shows do whatever i want i mean i'm still paying off all the debt but uh, oh uh, what, what, what was all the debt incurred from? All the musical instruments you were buying? All the traveling <laughs> Musical you were instruments, doing? studio time, plane tickets, whatever the fuck I wanted. Yeah. So you just, you just weren't financially responsible. I just got credit cards and did awesome shit. I'm paying it all off now. I got a two-year plan. I got like another year and a half left. Sweet. So, yeah. I've, I mean, never had, I've never had money issues because I've always been such a, a frugal. I see, frugal I'm, starting to get, I'm starting to do that now. Like the other night, like my girlfriend was in a bar and she's like, oh, uh, I'm going to give you like another half hour, you know, and I like go to the bar and they're like, oh yeah, it's $5 to get in. And I was just like, for the first time I was just like, I'm just going to wait outside. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's like, I'd rather have that five bucks for something else. It's yeah, like yeah, those, yeah. every little dollar counts, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, on Saturday night I worked until one thirty, and I was like, up. Oh, it's too late to get 27 bucks. I guess I got to get the 14. And as I'm walking down mission, all these cabs are going by and I'm like. I could spend $15 on a cab. Yeah. But then I can't spend $15 on beer. Right. So I like took a, took the bus and walked the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about those kinds of things all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Me too. Like I'll be at a bar and I'll buy like a $10 drink. I'm like, fuck, that's a six pack of Natty Ice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or like I try to drink during happy hour and yeah. be out of there before. 
before the seven o'clock gun comes down so that I it's only five dollars including a tip yeah because I'll buy myself two beers like that and be like okay I spent ten bucks today no biggie mm-hmm. but I don't know I try not I just try to do it every day like yesterday I told Jonathan I'm like let's not go to the bar tonight I know he's like well, don't you want to go to Bender's? I'm like, we're at Bender's every night. We give Bender's like $20 a day between yeah, the two of like, us. I've gone, mean... what I would do, I mean, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I'll go to a bar and like see what cans they have and then just sneak a backpack in of like those cans. I would never do that to Bender's. Yeah, no, I know because friends. I like I them. used to do that at Dirty Tricks though yeah. on Wednesdays when they had that open mic with the Sylvans and they were charging an egregious Three fifty for a can of Tecate. What? And I know. And they, he wasn't even popping the tab. So for a while, I'd go in and spend the $4 and only give him a 50-cent tip and look like a cheapskate. But then I was like, fuck this bullshit. And I just have my big, huge backpack, and I'd go in the back area, and I'd have, and I'd just come out with Tecates, and I'd try to make sure that the bartender himself didn't see me because he'd be like, I didn't sell you that Tecate. So I'd like kind of, you know, just try to be surreptitious about it, but not too surreptitious so I look obvious. Yeah. But I wouldn't do, I mean... Well, you just got to buy one. Right. Yeah. Right. You got to buy one. And then you, yeah, then you have, because otherwise then they know. Yeah. They're like, where'd you get that? Be like, I stole it. Someone didn't finish it. Yeah. yeah. I know morality. That's like flexible morality. Uh, Bar morality. Uh, I don't see any morality in that. I mean, it's just, a, yeah, I mean, it's not like, it's not... I think those people are... I mean, A, they're fucking you on the price. Mm. Yeah, and like, B, it's just alcohol. It's already like, we're already killing ourselves with right, it. Yeah, right, right. you know, so it's like... Well, I used, to, I used to walk around with a flask all the time, but now I just... Although it's been nice with the time change because I don't drink whiskey after dark, so it's lighter later. Mm. So if I so choose to drink whiskey, I can. Yeah. I just don't... I don't, I don't like getting that drunk anymore so quickly because... It takes a toll on you. It really does. Yeah. And I and I don't I feel I feel worse after a morning after I've been drinking the night before. Like I feel m- more badly about myself than I do with any other maybe cocaine, but I don't do cocaine anymore so it doesn't matter. But if I just when I feel like I'm a whole waste to the next day, like I can't do anything. Yeah. I just I feel like I don't know, just the worst thing is to waste time. I feel like it's the biggest sin is to watch TV. That's <laughs> uh, like my favorite thing. Like I, uh, I need at least like a day and a half every week to two weeks to just like eat a bunch of edibles and just lay on the couch and watch garbage TV. Yeah. But I mean, I work crazy hours. So yeah, I think yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, I got blackout curtains and a projector. So I'm just like, oh, fuck this. I'm not, yeah. yeah. How are you, um, this might get too personal. I don't know if, how are you, how are you balancing your new relationship with all of your time and your stuff and your, you, you've cut comedy out pretty much unless people book you mm-hmm. but you're getting booked now as pervert fervor mm-hmm. so like just time structure wise has that been a big change that now you're like back in a relationship and it's been a while I mean you know the other day I was thinking about this because it was like you know I really want to hang out with her and then I'm like but I really need my day to just shut everybody out because that's important for my mental state because it's like you know I'll do 72 hours straight of just being on the phone ugh um, you know, sleeping like two hours, getting a phone call and then getting up and driving out of the city, dealing with that shit all day and then coming back and doing it again for two nights. And then, um, you know, at some point, like whether I want to or not, I'll wind up sleeping for at least like 12 to 18 hours. Wow. Yeah. And then like 18. Yeah. 
and then uh, that's hard that's hard to do I get uncomfortable in bed after I've slept for more than like well I sometimes I'll wake up and just get like this crippling like not fear but just like I don't want to fucking deal with anything today like today mm. is just like I might go to the couch or I might whatever I just don't want to be conscious it's like it's not an anxiety based thing it's now maybe it is. I don't know. I've I've been feeling. I just when there's so many expectations on you and your time. And but I mean, it's not like I just it, don't want to do it. Yeah, it's not an unhappy time, and she knows that. You know, I need like a day to sleep, but my schedule changes so much that like um, when I have a weekend off. Uh, I mean, we're only like a month or two into this, so right. when I have a weekend off, I'll probably you know give her that whole weekend whatever she wants, and then. You know, then I have like Monday, Tuesday off and she's off work. So that's easy. Right. You yeah. know, so I can space out till she gets home or wants to hang out. But it's like, I burnt the roof of my mouth really bad. So it's like, I don't even want to hang out with her. Cause it's right. just like, yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's just going to turn into a problem. Cause like, I'll probably just turn into a horn bag and want to make out with her. And then I won't be able to. And yeah. And then, uh, nice. Well, it's, it's. It's good, and she loves she loves your dog, and everything's good. Oh uh, yeah, the dog loves her too. Cool. Which is, I can tell if he does not like a girl that I'm seeing too, but I'm glad that he likes her. He always gets super pumped on seeing her. Where is he? He's uh, <laughs> sitting back on the piano bench. Does uh, he look sad? No, he looks sleepy. He looks okay. he looks happy and relaxed. He's like up at a higher level. And yeah. He's uh, he's doing okay. He's. He's seeing God right now. He's on a higher level. Yeah, so I knocked the stand-up out because I got the I got the writing gig, um, and thank God for that because I was feeling guilty all the time for how much I was already blowing stand-up off. But I really love comedy and I really love writing jokes. And then I got the job offer to write those articles, so um, I guess to focus time on that and actually make money, decent money too. Um, I can make 150 bucks last week. That's great. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Um, I would like to do stand up at some point, but I don't know. It's everybody's so tough and like, got, you know, like all their comics are so, you know, judgy and they got their yeah. jokes and they talk shit to each other. And it's it's like, true. And the new people make me crazy. I yeah. mean, now that I'm coming up on. Let's see. Yeah, you got Six these years. new ones that are just I, like doing crazy ass shows about each other and like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm coming up on six years now, so it's like I've been in this for a little bit. I know what I'm. I know what's up. Yeah. And when the new kids come out and they like, they've been in it for two months and they're like, "Why am I not getting showcases?" And I'm like, "Okay, back in the day." Yeah. Like it took. I mean, I got my first showcase. I started in July and I got my first one in October and that was like five months in. And at that point, the guys were telling me, you got it really early. Well, Brooke looks like, like she's killing it for being a newbie, kind of. Is she a newbie? Well, Brooke has, Brooke's been in for over a year. She's oh, she lovely. has? Oh, okay. I thought yeah. Yeah, she because it looks like she's got all kinds of shit on Facebook. Yeah. Well, and she's been doing those shows with Marcy Rogo and Luisa Isbell raising money for the ACLU. Oh, is that what they're doing? So yeah, okay. when they do these shows where they raise money, it's easier to get people, I think, to come mm-hmm. because they know where the money's going. Right. As opposed to like telling people like, come to Mutiny Radio. People are like, what is Mutiny Radio? And then they come to like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, I'm like, we ain't giving the money to anything. We're giving it to ourselves. We need yeah. the money. So it's hard to, you know, whatever. 
But yeah. those aren't the new kids I'm talking about. No, same with me. I'm, yeah, I think we both know who we're talking about. Yeah. But, um, it's just some of these kids, they get so big for their britches. And it's like, and I, I hate to tell them that you you got to be in it for a while. Like, it just, it just takes time to be funny. I know you think you're funny. And I know that you think that you're the most talented person that ever did stand-up comedy. But... I mean, it's six years isn't even enough time. Maybe in six more years, after 12 years of this, I'll be able to actually say something with, you know, professionalism and aplomb. I know, and it's like, I, I see somebody post something on Facebook that, like, you know, was remotely successful. I'll, like, like that or say, hey, good job. That was great. You know, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, I've noticed that, like, if I post one of, like, the listicles or something that I contributed to, or I wonder when I post an article that I'm going to get published in the couple, next couple of weeks... Like the listicle stuff, nobody once has ever liked on Facebook. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll post like, "Hey, guess which one of these I wrote?" You know, and then like they're just won't, just just nothing. Right. Um, uh, it always bothers me too. I try not to let my self esteem rest on Facebook because, I mean, I'll post things that nobody likes at all as well. Or yeah. They'll be like, "No, really, I'm really trying to." Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. No, neither do I. I don't understand. I don't understand why. Some people get popular and some people don't. And, and I, I always have wondered, because it, it always makes me go back to the concept of, well, maybe I'm just not talented enough. No, I think you're fucking fine. But then it's like, is it all just who you know? Does it matter if you're talented or not? I mean, would things come together better if I wore more makeup? Who knows? Who knows? Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't have the answer. No, neither do I. At all. Uh, well, that's, that's a good answerless end to our time with Timothy Pizza. He wanted to get out of here and we're going to play the rest of Jack Wheeler. What do you want to, what do you want to close down with here? Um, over the next couple of weeks, if you keep an eye out on funnierdie.com, you should be able to see two articles coming out by me. Um, one will be, uh, Alex Jones quotes that you can scream to get out of any situation. (laughs) And the other one is, uh... Uh, practical excuses for young professionals when caught masturbating. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah. Because that happens a lot at work. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Um, Stress relief, number one. Uh, I really needed a stress relief. No, no, no. It's an air guitar solo that went bad. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay, so if a guitar had been there to block it, then you wouldn't have been touching your bathing suit. It happens more often than not. You just got to shrug it off and act like it's okay. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you say that you're in the U.S. Air Guitar Championships. Right. But you have to remember a week later, Tom, that you didn't make regionals because otherwise, you know, they're going to be like, you know, what's up with the championships, buddy? That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, see, that's things. You're wrong. Nobody remembers anything about anybody I because lo- no one's actually listening to the paying first, attention. The first rule was uh, read the room. Maybe you can keep this party going. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, mutual, mutual masturbation is healthy. Sure. Good times. Yeah. Um, and then there's always uh, Pervert Fervor on iTunes. Yeah. Um, and of course, this podcast on iTunes, Some Call Me Tim, all one word. Fun uh, times. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I will be back and in two weeks. Hell hat on the 21st. Yeah. And I'll be back uh, on this podcast in two weeks. Sweet. And you'll, you're going to make a Pervert Fervor for next week. Yeah. You're going to send me out. Okay. Yeah. Good. I just haven't done anything. I've been super swamped and... Uh, but yes, I will send you. Well, I'm so glad that you were here and that we got to interview you today on your own show. Some call me Tim Woo-hoo. and learn about uh, the whole history. I didn't know that whole thing about the 
I mean, I knew a little bit about the 5150, but the, the number theory is very interesting to me. Three, yeah, four, seven. That Seven's are good numbers. really bizarre. You should yeah. check it out. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll play some of that on Mutiny Radio coming up. It'll be great. All right. Well, thanks, Timothy Pizza. And we're going to keep playing the rest of the Jack Wheeler and Rose Wheeler all the way out of London. Bye, everybody. Bye. Women are worthless unless they're young and beautiful. And she might even be timing out. I mean, she's 44, and he's 70. He might need to ditch her for a younger model. But she's still, even though she's young and beautiful, she's still of lesser value because she's just an appendage. Right, exactly. Not even a permanent one, necessarily. Right. She's always got to look over her shoulder and make sure she's still... Exactly. They ditch two wives. Wives are not going to ditch a third. Exactly. This is a man who we know is doesn't respect women right any buy, buys and sells them is a real woman she no, may be we much don't. brighter than him I mean uh, I don't know so the whole plagiarism thing was kind of a bummer for everybody she plagiarized one of Michelle Obama's speeches yes. yeah that got around that they were almost identical it was pretty amazing and I was like oh look she doesn't have original thought of her own oh <laughs> but that's, but uh, she may well do. Yeah, that's, that's, she might. She may well do and not be allowed to, to say That's anything. true, too. It might be the same thing where you have to sit here but don't say anything. Because she is, like, she speaks two languages. We know that, at least. Yeah. That's more than most Americans. Uh, I don't know. I just haven't heard anything from her except, maybe, and maybe it is the speechwriters are like, well, we'll pull this one because we know it works and we'll just give it to her to memorize or, and, I don't know. And it's and again, it's, it's um. It's unfair on her because, as you said, we don't we don't know a lot about her, but we're not judging her on her her own merits. She's being judged as Donald Trump's wife. Right, right, she's right, 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 right. She's being judged because she's not Michelle Obama. Right, right. Who, frankly, is wonderful. I love Michelle um, Obama. But, um, I miss her already. But we're not judging her as in in her own right, and and in some ways it's difficult for us to do it because we don't know anything about her but we're still right. judging her exactly yeah. and maybe that's we should step back and, and not judge her until we know more about her right I have a good it's, joke about her though so oh. I use her I won't do because I loved Michelle Obama right I just loved her and she was a great first lady she got really into that whole anti-fat kids thing but not in the way you're thinking like in like a good like diabetes is bad kind of way like let's work out and this is all great so I loved Michelle and I was wondering what Melania's like first lady stance was going to be uh, and I figured it out because no one knows better than her that if you're not skinny and pretty that no one listens to you so she's going to pick up right where Michelle left off sort of <laughs> plagiarize it, but she's gonna she's gonna champion bulimia because she wants you know to keep those sk- kids skinny and pretty, and also it's really great for the economy because the kids will consume four times as much food, right? Yes. But where I think she's really gonna make her mark is as an environmentalist because she's gonna teach the kids to vomit into the composting so that we can make more vegetables. Are you saving that one for tomorrow night? For the it's a joke I do all the time. Yeah, it's like my new Melania joke. Because I won't do I won't do 45 jokes because I just think it's too easy. He's fish in a barrel. It is. There's, and at this point in time, I've, I've got I've got one joke I tell about him. But you're unique because you have a cool accent. Yeah. <laughs> which is one joke, which has got two punchlines and the, 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 um, the joke is, is, is the, the joke is Donald Trump tells us he's got a huge personal mandate I don't want to know what the first line of his Tinder profile is, or I don't want to know what the first line of his Grinder profile is. <laughs> Maybe we're in San Francisco. Grinder, yeah, it's Grinder. For here, it's Grinder, definitely. Yeah. That's um, that's great. That's, that's funny. A mandate. <laughs> but that's uh, yeah, that's 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 my Donald Trump. You'll, you'll, that'll kill here. 
But there is. <laughs> but it's 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 a. Even in in the UK, it's an it's an easy laugh. But there are very few original jokes, and I've got one friend who gets really angry, who runs a, a who, who runs a, a, an open mic night, and he runs three or four nights a week. He gets really angry when people tell General Donald Trump jokes because his his view is well. What are you doing about it? It's easy to, to, to make jokes. Does it impact on your life personally? No, it doesn't. Tell no, Right, tell beyond us, what, what affects us, you, oh, right, oh, right. Important to you. Yeah. Not easy things that are, no, it's an easy target. Okay, you're punching up, but are you really? Because it's right. just a, it's a soft target. Yep, absolutely. Um, are you going to do more comedy when you're here in the city other than other than shows here? No, no, we, 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 go, home, we go home Sunday. Um, but tonight there's an open mic that's huge called The Brainwash. No, we, we've got tickets. We're going oh. to the, um, um, what's it, the Exploratorium. Oh, how tonight. great. Oh, yeah. Is it the so late night thing? The late night open? One, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. always really fun. So we, we It's really neat. The fish downstairs are really cool. Oh, right. We'll yeah. Keep an eye for that. Yeah. It's like a, a huge aquarium like downstairs. It's really, really neat. So, yeah. But if you want, there's... You could even go earlier. I don't know. It's at six o'clock signups. Brainwashes. Yeah, we, seven we to did, nine. We did. We did look at it, but we. I think, yeah. Uh, you want to n- not? Sorry. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, but we have. There's open mic. There's if you you can even, you can double dip tomorrow here if you want because we've got a we've got an open mic from six to eight and then the show that you're on from yeah, eight to ten. But you could actually go to Brainwash for their open mic first and then come here, <laughs> so you could perform no, twice. Uh, In San Francisco, you on on a Monday or a Tuesday, there's five open mics to hit. I've it's got, insane. I've got a friend who just come back from a month in New York and he was doing four, five, three, four, five a night and he was, yeah. say so he, he was absolutely. The other voice. <laughs> It's all good. It's just a, it's just a mouse. Well, uh, we are about to to wrap it up. What else is there? Any other? I think we covered it. You guys are leaving Sunday though. That's a really quick trip. It's a good. We came here. We came here for <coughs> four days nine years ago, and we did we did the Golden Gate Bridge and Alcatraz. And now we're doing it. We didn't do it, which is it's, uh, it's reduced the whole city to, 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 to two things. Four days is long enough. We, we really? if, if we pack it in, we can we can do what we want to do. And any longer, and we get bored. We, we, we don't really go anywhere for more than four or five days. Wow. We we went to we went to holiday in Greece last year for ten days, but that was two lots of five. Right. Um, <laughs> we've been to Bilbao for four days. But so when you guys go on vacation, you don't like relax and hang out. You're like, we're getting this done. We're going here. No, we're no, gonna. No. We do relax. Okay, you can yeah. you do relax. But we like to. Okay, good. We like but, places where there are things to do. Four days is enough. Four. We went and watched the ladies doing Tai Chi this morning. Oh, that's yeah. nice. We only watched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rose did think about trying to join in, but she wasn't sure if, if she'd fit in with the, the old Chinese ladies there. They, whether they'd actually appreciate it or whether they thought she was taking it. No, no, no. They're totally down with it. They, so, I nanny sometimes, and if I see them in the civic, not the civic center, right in front of the city hall, I'll join them. I don't care. So yeah, yeah. smooth. Are they happy? To, did anybody join? Absolutely. Oh, well, there we are. Oh, well, there you are. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. yeah. We'll, we'll Pe- tomorrow, uh, people time. in San Francisco are really, really open. Like, you can pretty much, like, hang out with anybody you want and people will wear tutus on a Tuesday for no reason. Like it's a weird place. Like there's days where people don't wear underwear on the BART. Like it's a, it's a ride the Muni or the bus without under, or not, not without under, no. without pants. So it's right. underwear so, yeah. only. So it's like, there'll be dudes with like nice shoes and socks with those little sock garters and like no, no pants and then box and then like a suit top there. It, yeah. it's, and they just go to work on that day. Cause it's like, it's, no pants day. <laughs> we, 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 we're here for, What's wrong with us? Uh, but we're, we're here for four days. We, we came eight years ago and, and we, 
we always said that we'd come back. And um, sorry, it just took, took a while. That's all. Yeah, and we've and we've we've come back, and it's we've just about gone to San Francisco time. Yesterday was a strange day. Yeah, we had to get through your airport security, which I'm sure is much the same as airport security everywhere these days. But it was a long time getting through security at the airport. Right. Um, it was a good hour and a half to get through it. So fast on um. On um, Saturday, there's also an open mic here from 4 to 6, depending on how much time you want to perform. Just well, we have a lot here. Well, Saturday, we're, uh, we've got nothing planned for Saturday. We're, uh, what do you have? We're, we're, going to, we're going to the Museum of Modern Art in the morning. Oh, wow, cool. Um, we're looking to go to, maybe we're going to go to the Dongdek uh, Park, we're going to go to the Japanese Tea Garden. Oh, that's really nice, too. The, it's really the, uh, relaxing and beautiful. Museum. Yeah, yeah, the Young the is really cool. Um, that whole area is really neat in the park. Yeah, we went, when we first came here, we... Uh, Fortuitously, but maybe not now. It was the uh, Hardy Strictly Bluegrass Festival. Oh, uh huh. And um, we we went along to to that for a day. Right. So it, we, that's insane. So many people. It's just like. Oh, it was it was extraordinary. Yeah. It yeah. Was, and all the bikes were being hung. You know, push bikes. People who got there on their push bikes. Parked in the trees. Yeah, yeah. Trees How are you ever going to find that again? Right. Exactly. And who's who's not going to take your bike? And it's, <laughs> uh, plenty to choose from. <laughs> and it was, it was, but that was that was eight years ago. Um, you were at the wharf today, though, and you, did you eat In and Out? Because that is like the best In and Out at the wharf. There's only one In and Out. It's a California thing. Oh right, In and Out is a burger place. That's a, it's it's fast food, but it's not fast food. But it's only in California, and it's called In and Out. And we only have one in the city, and it's at the wharf. Oh right, we didn't. And it's it's they're insane. It's like cheap, and it's. They're just really good hamburgers. It's just this weird California no, we, thing. We finished up looking. We were looking for something to eat. We didn't. We we finished up. We just settled. We settled. We went to. Um, Shh, don't tell the world. Okay, don't tell. The yes, they settled. We settled for somewhere else because we were yeah. hungry and it was and we'd been walking for a while. Yeah. And then we. Uh, yeah, but we're not going to. We're not going to. Yeah, don't not, don't admit to it. Very we, nice. Uh, that's funny. We've we've been out since about nine o'clock this morning. Wow, so that's now, really early. We're, we're now going to go back to the hotel and rest for a bit before we go off to the auditorium awesome. tonight. Well, this is amazing. Jack Wheeler and Rose, thank you so much for being here, talking about all things. We've got all the way around the world on this one. That was really, really awesome. We're gonna, we'll play this next week. People were listening live now, I hope. And uh, it'll be play, played live next week on Wednesday. Thanks so much for being here. And tomorrow night, you guys, if you're around, well, this is going to be played in the future, so it's going to be in the past. But you can download him on the podcast. It'll be available on Pam Tassett's Comedy Clubhouse, the St. Patrick's Day show, which will be perfect because he has an accent. Yay! <laughs> Even though you're not Irish, we got that. Uh, all right. Thanks, you guys, so much for being here. And bye-bye. you find wholeness if you don't you're just going to get cut into pieces your whole life and you're you're going to spend your whole life being offended at other people's deeds i mean look at much power people give to trump not just the people who elect him but the people who can't stop talking about him all the time as if one person alone was doing all of this and didn't have entire movements and ideologies behind him People are like, well, what would happen if Trump was assassinated? Well, the next asshole would replace him. That's what happened. And I don't want to see a president, Mike Pence, not only because he wants to electrocute me for being gay, but <laughs> I don't know, he could be even worse. Who knows? Um, that's why these theories about what if somebody went back in time and assassinated Hitler? Uh, well, that's a meaningless question. Then a different dictator would pop up. <laughs> You can't just look at the individual. You have to look at the conditions in which the individual arose. So 
what breeds a Trump versus the Trump? You know, hatred, ignorance, privilege, power, money. You know, it's a, a deadly cocktail. So try not to be too Trump. <laughs> Don't be too Trump on yourself, yes. <laughs> but um, let's play the devil's advocate, you guys. What if Trump just needs a hug? What if he's got no love in his life? What if he's absolutely miserable? What if he's bought the whole world at the cost of his soul? Maybe some of you guys are feeling a little vengeful. You're like, yeah, give it to him. There's justice. But I don't know. I'd like to think that there's still hope for the man. Maybe because I want to believe there's still hope for myself. So I'm going to fight him if he does any unjust stuff. You know, I, I got loved ones I got to protect and everything. And uh, I don't feel like the man values my life particularly. But, uh, you know, it would be nice if he had a spiritual awakening. That would be really nice right about now. Oh, well. My name's David Stolowitz. This has been a Colt Oubliette. I am on the air from 10 p.m. to midnight every Tuesday. Hit me up if you want to be a guest sometime. I'd love to have you call in. And uh, with uh, the talking, let's have a conversation. Don't just talk at me. Okay? Let's have it go both ways. And uh, remember, guys, it's easy to demonize people, even the Republicans. So just do a, a reality check. Step back once in a while. And make sure that you're not becoming the very thing you fear. Good night.